I got it. All that you can be. Schooler. Yes, Sergeant. Just one more thing. What's that, Sergeant? Jack and the family ultracapidarian. A dinner to dismiss. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jonathan Pernasek, once again standing in for the MIA Alex Green. And over there, all the way over there in balmy Orlando, Florida, is Brad Couples. Brad, how are you today? Um, I'm alright. It got into the 90s today, so I'm not that great. Well, over here in Chicago, we are looking forward to a week of ceaseless silver rain. <laughs> Let's switch. I just want to switch. Somebody, what, anybody. What do we have to do to achieve a Freaky Friday situation? We would even take a situation where, oh, what's that body switching comedy where Fred Savage switches places with the guy from Beverly Hills Cop? Oh. The skinny white fellow. Oh, this, I, I don't know this one. We'll never know. Oh, well. It's a mystery lost to the sands of time. <laughs> Only the Prince of Persia can discover the answer. Mm. Brad, we have a lot on the docket today, but first and foremost is a news story from the mythical land of New Jersey. (laughs) And I say mythical because once you enter New Jersey, reality seems to turn on its head. The rules don't really apply anymore. There's a new rule book. (laughs) Makes sense. So I'm going to read you uh, this article... And I want to I hear your reactions as we move through this story. Female students at the Queen of Peace High School in North Arlington, New Jersey, stood up during Homeroom Friday, raised their right hands, and recited a pledge in unison. How much do you hate this already? It's already kind of gross. Like, there's nothing good about this. No, making children recite pledges in unison, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, I do solemnly promise not to use profanities of any kind within the walls and properties of Queen of Peace High School. In other words, I swear not to swear. So help me God, they said. Fuck that on so many levels. Meanwhile, boys at the school were free to use whatever language they wanted. The co-ed Catholic high school started a civility campaign in concurrence with National Catholic Schools Week to try, quote, to go back to some old-fashioned values, quote. Resource room teacher Lori Flynn said, Flynn told ABCNews.com that for the month of February, girls at the school were asked to try not to curse. While their language wasn't a serious problem, she said there were plenty of instances of, quote, subtle swearing. What? What? I... What's a subtle swear? I I don't. I, I, what is a swear? Like I what I don't. Fuck this. I mean, as Ramjack has established in past episodes, there is no such thing as a bad word. Yeah. I mean, you, we can discuss context until the cows come home. But on the paper, on the page, do we really need to be dividing words up into good and bad? It's so ridiculous. I I have I have no use for arbitrary language restrictions. It's the most ridiculous thing. And the problem is, if you say that to anybody, like, well, you know, I just think, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we should just, you know, we should remember that, you know, if we just say these words all the time, then, then they're not going to have any meaning. And, what? And then what? And then what? I can't even Don't you imagine. win? Don't you win that way? You don't like these words if they if they lose their meaning uh, and they're not, they don't have the power because you're using them all the time. Then, uh, hey, you, you won. I can't imagine someone... 
I, I can't imagine how I would respond to someone, I should say, who would throw that kind of rhetoric down. That's a really bizarre line of thinking. Yeah. That almost gives the words, it, you, the, not a bad connotation, a sort of, uh, ho- like a holy connotation. Like they're, like they're so special that we have to use them so rarely. It, oh, it's very strange. It's so bizarre. Let's keep going into this because it only gets stranger from here on out. Keep in mind, it's only the only girls. The, only the girls. And it's not, they weren't being forced to stop cursing. They just took an oath to try and to stop cursing. And I love how they say, this wasn't even a problem. Ugh. But uh, as part of National Catholic Schools Week, which Gross week. Uh, apparently is a week on the calendar that I need to avoid. Ugh. They just decided to make this happen? It just seems so pointless and so arbitrary. Anyway, here's where it gets odd. Female students were given pins with a red slash through a pair of lips to wear. While Flynn thought the no cursing crusade would come off as a joke to many students, rightly so, Mm -hmm. she was surprised by their positive reactions. Quote, they said, this is serious. We're going to do this, Mrs. Flynn. We love it, she said. They put their buttons on and took the pledge seriously. In addition, Flynn said the school put up polite zones posted near the school's chapel and by the main office where many parents came in. Beyond that, they explain nothing about the polite zones. What in God's name is a polite zone? Uh, So the parents... Where where many parents came in. They came into the politeness zones? Well, I don't... What What in the world? What does that mean? Near the school's chapel and also by the main office. So where do you... You enter a polite zone, and what do you do? Do you only speak politely? No negative negative sentiments are allowed in the polite zone? What a delightful hat you're wearing, Samantha. My goodness, what a nice thing to say to me. This is so bizarre. And I, you know what? They just, when they say like, the kids were really excited about it, which we weren't expecting, this just means these kids have been brainwashed to think this is an actual valid thing. This just means like, society has gotten to them already. They're playing on the idea that kids inherently do like structure and they like the idea of being part of a team, a mm-hmm. team effort. So what they're doing is they're passing out these pins. The kids are already wearing uniforms. They write up this dinky pledge for them to recite every day. And the kids start to feel as if they are part of something greater than themselves. They think they're bettering themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure that these kids, the girls, I, I suppose, would take to this. But that's yeah. such a play on their naivete and their kind of inherent boredom. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are also just bored. True. <laughs> so if you're going to give them something to do, this just seems really manipulative. Uh, let's see. What, let's see what else we have to say here. But some boys at the school felt snubbed. She said when they weren't asked to take part. "Quote: It was supposed to be a really sweet, innocent, special treat for the ladies, specifically for the month of February, kind of thing." Could, could you repeat that? It was supposed to be a really sweet, innocent, special treat for the ladies, specifically for the month of February kind of thing. <laughs> for, wait, for so Black this, History Month? <laughs> so this kind of thing was a really sweet, innocent, special treat for the ladies, specifically for the month of February kind of thing. <laughs> you maniac. <laughs> Quote, and I guess it made the boys feel a little slighted, but the school soon distributed buttons for the boys to take part as well. A lot of the boys said, I have to excuse myself. There's a lady present, Flynn said. Oh. 
Even though the no cursing ban was only instated on Friday, Flynn said she's already received a phone call from the all-boys Seton Hall Preparatory School in West Orange, New Jersey, about instating their own civility code for the month of Lent. Flynn said that the school was just trying something new with the no cursing ban, which is technically over for female students on March 1st. But if students wanted to continue the clean language crusade, quote, we'd bring it on the boys, and then we'd do a whole entire Queen of Peace campus with no swearing. Ugh. We're just starting here, Flynn said. I don't doubt it. Fuck that. What a chilling note to end on, right? <laughs> Seriously. Her saying, oh, we're just getting started. <laughs> I, uh, what good are you doing? I, I, I don't... Uh, you're already raising them in this atmosphere of strict adherence to religious doctrine, mm -hmm. and that's one thing. I mean, the parents put your kids there in the building with you. Was everyone bored across across all lines here? Yeah. This is just straight-up Catholic. I mean, it's Catholic all the way. Only a Catholic school would come up with this. And I say that as someone who went to Sunday school, you know, K through senior year. Mm -hmm. People just get restless, and they start coming up with this nonsense. Old-fashioned values. And the boys leaving the room because Whoa. a lady was present? Whoa. What are you saying? That a lady can't hear. I, I will say this, though. I think it's interesting that, like, uh, they were allowed to curse in school to begin with. Uh, right? Like, that seems to be the standard. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that would, that's great if that's true, uh, but I kind of question it's, it. It's surprising uh, be if that is the case. Yeah, because, I mean, I know, at least in Tennessee, like, people are super all about, like, uh, arbitrary language restriction. Oh, yeah, public schools are on top of that, because <laughs> an underpaid public school teacher is going to be even more restless than a Catholic private school teacher. <laughs> and they're going to start grabbing people by the scruffs of their necks for any reason. Mm -hmm. I just, I love the fact that they had to have pins. So you're telling me uh. that not only was this a volunteer situation, but once they volunteered, they got to wear these shiny buttons around school with a it's a slash through a mouth kids need to <laughs> kids kids look at that symbol and wonder what it means beyond the basic tenets of this they're telling you to shut up yeah kids you're supposed to be like crazy <laughs> kids like go nuts right i thought they were supposed to be rebellious yeah i don't 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 allow a, a, an adult a parent anyone to tell you to shut up uh, Especially you, girls. Come on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You need to be able to say whatever you want, whenever you want, because you're you're going to get the raw end of the deal so often in life. Seriously. You need to be able to throw down the fucking book at people and say, this is, this is not how it's going to work. This is going to work this way. And uh, it's just, it's so manipulative. Uh, and, like, the thing is, it's... You, you should have full faculties of your language and all words have meaning and use yeah. and the problem with strong language is just that it is strong language people don't like the force of of of, of sentiment behind it right it's you're supposed it's this idea that you're supposed to uh, you should uh, strive for uh, for for a more staid uh, uh, genteel element in society Mm -hmm. And no, 
No, stop trying to hamstring me. It's one thing, I suppose, if you're trying to, let's say, sit down a pair of students and they're at each other's throats and they don't know how to express themselves beyond just cursing and threatening each other. If at that point you want to somehow teach the lesson of, hey, we're not going to get anywhere if if this is going to be the only language we use, we have to be able to teach kids but, to talk, uh, not banning anything, mm-hmm. but also just saying, like, look, you know, you're only going to be able to solve this situation if you can speak to each other in a different way. Sure. Just understand that but, but there notes, are more options. But note you had to say uh, cursing at each other and threatening each other, unless you're, you know, take out the threatening... What's right. like in you're just expressing the you're just expressing a, a dearth of emotion and feeling and it's like yeah. if you need to say hey calm down but nowhere is like the language a part of the problem no it's it's the, yeah it's the heated emotion right that you're actually dealing with in that situation yes and for this school I, I'm still I, I still don't understand the definition of subtle swearing <laughs> yeah you didn't have a problem to begin with. Subtle swearing? Is that murmuring? <laughs> like you're walking down the hall and you say to yourself, God, I hate this fucking school. <laughs> what was that? Uh, subtle swearing. Subtle swearing. I'm going to mark that in my little book. You know, I bet it's probably saying things that aren't anywhere close to curse words. Like, uh, uh, oh, this is so, like, uh, uh, this, this is stupid. Sucks. This sucks. Yeah. Like negative, negative comments. Yeah. I love when parents and adults make that distinction. Like, hey, 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 that counts. Hey, mister, yeah. you don't think I know what that means? That sucks. That's enough. I... Do you even know what that means? I like when adults also do that. Do you even know what you're saying? Do you even know what you... Oh, that's a bad word. Do you even realize that, how bad that is? Ugh. When you say that sucks, do you even know what that means? <laughs> Just sort of playing the adult card of, listen, I know what that word means. I've been, I've walked this little dust marble. <laughs> you dumb kids don't know the power of the words you use. Seriously. I think we do, and that's why we want to use them. Yeah. Because they piss you off. My lesson for these kids is start cussing. Yeah. Start swearing, and girls, you know that there's some fucked up shit in that school. (laughs) You know something has been hushed up. You know someone that's been told to shut up about something that's much more serious than cursing. So I'm I'm telling you right now, break out those those fucking curse words. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Jonathan, I was hoping maybe we could uh, take a second and check in with a special lady. Ooh. Well, I, I am able to communicate with many special ladies. Is there anyone in particular that you'd like to talk to? Uh, well, if that's the option on the table. <laughs> maybe uh, a Susan B. Anthony? Well, <laughs> I guess, but... Uh, uh. Is that a Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, that is yes. I would like to hear from Susan B. Anthony. Mm, hold on, let me... Okay, I have to go into a bit of a channel situation here. <laughs> Hello. Where am I? Hi, Susan B. Anthony. Oh, a quick uh, question, uh, just before we proceed. Uh, uh, could you please tell me what you're noted for? Oh, I am, of course, most famous for my beautiful feminine face emblazoned on the side of currency. Cold hard cash! Hmm. Anything else? I love the idea of men touching my face. Uh, uh, Anything else? Um, Let's see. Oh, I'm such an old woman. You'll have to forgive me. My brain is like a little bowl of jelly. Like Santa's tummy! Okay. Oh, goodness. Jelly bought with the coins emblazoned with my face. My beautiful woman face. Mm. Yes. Yeah. What? Sorry. What was your question? Uh, you know what? I think that's enough. <laughs> I think that's uh, more than oh. enough. 
She's oh, she has left me. <laughs> uh, well, what did she say? Uh, not much. It's it's all good. Oh, that's disappointing. What did Susan B. Anthony even do? <laughs> I realize I'm not that familiar with the history. Yeah, um, I'm sure she told you all about it. She did definitely. Uh, maybe we should just check in with Laura Wimsett instead. Oh, that's much easier to do. <laughs> I have to expel so little psychic energy to talk to Laura Wimsett. <laughs> all that is required of me is to pick up this ink and paper. <laughs> Uh, I actually have two Laura Wimsett columns for this episode, and the first uh, features the headline, It's Never Too Late to Learn! Oh, oh no. This episode will feature a lot of me reading to Brad. <laughs> so just get used to that, ladies and gentlemen. Book club! Woo. Um, every once in a while, I hear murmurings regarding the debate over teaching cursive writing in schools. Does anyone need to learn cursive anymore? Is anyone still reading, much less writing, anything in an actual handwriting these days? I stay out of this discussion because I have kind of a unique perspective. Oh, boy. I never... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm well, all right. I, bet... I was really wondering, I was like, what, what stance is Laura going to take on this? Because I feel like either way, she's going to be wrong, but okay. She says, I have kind of a unique perspective. I never learned to write cursive myself. What happened was this... <laughs> it was the best of times It was the best of times I was raised by howler monkeys <laughs> Manchichis <laughs> They tossed me like a small potato from tree to tree <laughs> And the gods smiled upon my fortune What happened was this <laughs> We heard drums in the background I moved from Buffalo, New York to Owensboro when I was in the second grade We know <laughs> Public School 65, great name for a school, by the way. Where do you go to school, Public School 65? They inject my daily dose of saline. <laughs> Public School 65 taught a lot of things that Longfellow Elementary School hadn't gotten around to yet, but by the time I joined Mrs. Mason's class in progress in April of 1966, my new Kentucky classmates had already learned at least three things that apparently were not part of the New York curriculum until grade three. One was how to tell time. This was in the pre-digital age, when you had to know what the big hand and the little hand did, and what numbers 1 through 12 stood for. I knew the half-pasts and the o'clocks. The rest was a mystery. If someone had invented a clock that replaced 1 through 12 with 5, 10, 15, and so on, maybe it would have made sense. But I was a teenager before anyone noticed I was still saying, quote, the big hand is on the 4, and the little hand is on the 11, end quote. <laughs> Let's just say it was not intuitive that this meant 1120, and I don't think that is my fault at all. Um, is it not? <laughs> is it not? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly your fault. Laura, were you one of the many girls who was told to silence themselves, even though you had a problem? Were you ashamed of your inability to tell time? <laughs> Until the age of 13. I know it's not intuitive for a kid to know how to read a clock. But, 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 a million butts, Laura. You're surrounded by butts. <laughs> yeah. Another was multiplication. Get ready, because this is going to get crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, if you had given me a problem, keep in mind, let me interrupt. Keep in mind, most of this column has been covered in other columns. Mm -hmm. Especially this example she gives. I swear to God, this is this is in another column. Now, if you had given me a problem that went something like, quote, you have three boxes and in each box are ten kittens, how many kittens do you have in all? I could tell you the answer was 30 kittens. But if you showed me a problem that looked like three times ten, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what the X meant. 
Remember, I said I was in the second grade. It was my sixth grade teacher who gave me a set of multiplication flashcards and told me to memorize them. She had noticed I could do the pluses and the takeaways. Uh, and even the divides. But floundered with times. Laura, it's multiplication. We already know this. Why are you referring to it as times? Yeah. Why are you referring to addition as the pluses and subtraction as the takeaways? Oh, boy. It's not cute, Laura. Or do you still refer to them as such? Hmm. I did memorize the equations, but I still don't know why 6 times 7 is 42 or how you got there. So I continued to stumble along with a pathetic and primitive calculator. I used a calendar to do my math homework. What? Uh, Okay, well, we're going to get an explanation, but it's not going to be one that makes sense. (laughs) If the problem said 3 times 4, I started on the first of the month and counted to 3 four times. The answer was 12. If the answer exceeded 31, I would just flip over to the next month, then go back and add everything together. What? What? I, Brad, could you come up with a more convoluted system? Just memorize it. This was post-flashcard. Oh. I mean, why even bring the count? Like, let's say you don't get a multiplication and you have to, like, math it out. But why Why does the calendar become part of it? Just use your fingers? Use your fingers. Use, use scratch marks. Hash, I, like, whatever you have to do. But a calendar? That is elaborately unnecessary. Is she... I imagine her sitting at home with the calendar, but it's funnier to think of her in a classroom with an enormous wall calendar. <laughs> with little Joey Cartwright, or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, up top writing a, a brilliant Cochichi co- Manchichi Stallion. Uh, and she's just counting out, like, the ink being rubbed away from countless smudges. <laughs> wow. I might have been horrible at multiplication, but I was pretty good at problem solving. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. you clearly no. were not. S- uh, Solve this problem, Laura. you, you were can't not. multiply. How are you going to get the answer? I'll break out a calendar. Terrible solution. Could I borrow your swimsuit calendar? <laughs> Why? <laughs> math. I have to do my math. Math. <laughs> The third gap in my transient education was, here we go, cursive. I could pick out a few letters, A, C, D, and E, for example. (laughs) But other letters might as well have been hieroglyphics. Capital G in cursive, for example, looks nothing like a capital G in printing. Once again, I figured out a way to... uh, Once again, I figured out a way around this problem. I just printed as usual, then connected all my letters together with a loopy line across the top. That's not solving the problem. That's the definition of gilding the lily and trying to turn a sow's ear into a silk purse. These are the phrases that apply to you, Laura. You should be familiar with them as you have spent many a year in Kentucky. Wow. Nobody noticed until I got to junior high. I can't imagine that's true. Yeah. I can't imagine that's true. No, not a chance. (sighs) When my English teacher took points off my assignments because of my poor handwriting... I still remember one paper in particular, on which she had circled all my lowercase r's in red ink, then penned a critical note in her perfect handwriting, which I could not read, but my best friend helpfully interpreted for me. My handwriting eventually got better, all things considered, but I've noticed in recent years it has started to decline again. That's because you're going blind. Mm. I guess this is partly due to lack of practice. No, it's because you're going blind. 
So now I'm back to printing. It's slow going, and my lowercase r's are as awful as ever. But I'm philosophical about the situation. After all, I can tell time all by myself now. <sighs> At least she didn't tell us to look up. <laughs> Seriously. If you're ever in need of a clock, remember, just look up. <laughs> I mean... They're usually up, right? <laughs> wow. I, I mean, you go to a topic that, I, you know, you could possibly get some mileage out of, uh, you know, whether we should teach cursive or not. And she, it's not a great topic, but it's an actual topic you can discuss. And she somehow strains the life out of it. Well, she immediately takes a left turn. Yeah. From the initial, she doesn't even land on a thesis no. ultimately on whether, well, she does say, <laughs> I, I, she says, I stay out of the discussion. Oh yes. The heated town hall meetings regarding public school policy on handwriting. I mean, yeah. Well, she says, uh, is anyone still reading, much less writing anything in an actual handwriting? Well, of course, we all have handwriting. Yeah. You need to think about the way you write, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a maniac. We'll hear more from her later. Uh, remember, Brad, if you ever need to hear, uh, maybe we could ask other ladies in regards to uh, their opinion on handwriting. I don't know what Susan's opinion is. <laughs> uh, hey, Angie Harmon, uh, what's your opinion on handwriting? Oh, you want to talk to Angie? Hold please, on a second. Please, if I could talk. Uh, uh, oh, hey, huh, oh, huh. Oh. Hey, what's up? Hey, Brad? Yes? Is is that you, Brad? It is, it is. What's up, babe? You, you got a mystery for me? Huh? Maybe some aliens or a, a cucamonga? Is there, is there a cucamonga on a boat somewhere? Mitch? What? What's up, babe? Um, you know, I was curious about your thoughts on cursive handwriting, actually. Uh. What's the point? Francis Manchie. Give me a, give me an old-fashioned A. Give me an old-fashioned B. Give me an old-fashioned C. And so on. Could, could I just hear you say the, the phrase, sock it to me? Oh, sure. Sock it to me, babe. All, all right. All right, thank you. That's all. That's all. Born to hand jive, babe. <laughs> it's like if Dennis oh. Miller and, and Richard Nixon, like, uh, somehow formed a spawn. Oh, hi. I'm going to have to take your word for it, oh. because there is blood coming out of my nose. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I'll, I'll never ask you to do that again. Oh, I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure we could get, I mean, rule of three, right? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just, uh, you know. Let me just, rec- let me just recreate that moment for the listener. I mean, rule of three, right? <laughs> uh, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yep. <laughs> uh, rule of three, Rogers. Rogers. Poker. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, I love it. Love it. All right. Uh, well, here's the thing, guys. I I I got an issue. Mm, do tell. I I've overheard people in conversation lately discussing the military. Now, I have little use for the military. Uh, especially uh, in, you know, recent times. Invasion of Iraq, Afghanistan, and all of other wacky shenanigans as of late. For the most part, the general public isn't too hot on these wars of ours. And I've overheard people in conversations clearly not uh, behind the American uh, military campaigns. But there's still this weird deference to soldiers... It just, it starts off with, and, and you hear people, they're talking, you know, if they're going to talk about something military that they don't agree with, it starts off with, you know, it's, you know, I don't blame the soldiers, it's, you know, the, I don't, it's the people in charge, and, you know, they're, they're out there, you know, uh, these, I feel really bad for these guys that are out there being taken advantage of, and I'm like, 
What's going on? It's an in- it, I had instantly when you brought this up before our recording session. I had many a thought on this. I I am interested. So you is this like? Uh, I guess what my first question is just a little more context of maybe where you heard these I, conversations. I, just a varying varying places, varying people. It doesn't really matter. It's just okay. I, I feel like you know during the Vietnam era. Uh, when we were huge, you know, when people were hugely anti-war, and there was a large, large active movement against, you know, the war and the military and, you know, uh, Americans' actions in Vietnam, uh, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of people really going after soldiers, uh, you know, they were, and and some, but you know, over the top, you know, you, uh, I'm not saying uh, let's spit at soldiers or anything, uh, mm-hmm. but and the thing is in Vietnam. There was a draft going on, and even even I even though I personally, even if was drafted, would never uh, serve in the military, never. I understand people that aren't willing to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's if there's a draft, you're being forced into military service. I I don't I you know that's that's horrific, and I'm not going to hold it against anyone that decides they would they would prefer to do that than to fight the government. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my first thought, it, you brought up Vietnam in our email exchange, and it made me think of uh, a great book that I own and I would recommend, and it's Back to Our Future by David Sirota. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this book, but it sort of takes uh, an analysis of the 80s and how we're still dealing with everything that was laid down oh, yeah. as mainstream back then. Mm-hmm. And there is a chapter in the book about how when Ronald Reagan, I believe, was on the campaign trail, you know, hoping to go into his first term, he started kind of laying out this rhetoric of how our initial reaction to Vietnam and the soldiers coming back was so uh, wrong and so uh, ignorant. And he began calling the Vietnam War a noble cause. And at the time, 1980... When he said this, when he made this statement, I believe in front of veterans, mm-hmm. he was lambasted on all sides. Right. But by the time 1988 rolled around and he was still using the phrase noble cause to describe the Vietnam War, nobody at that point in time batted an eye. Yeah. Because in eight years, the culture had so quickly shifted into this idea of the soldier as an individual should be respected even if you may not necessarily agree with what's going on abroad, yeah, uh, the soldier is somehow a noble figure. Exactly. That that's that's the idea that is the fucking problem. Because yes. you know now there's very much a, a view of that time that you know the people that were protesting these soldiers and you know uh, you know treating them terribly were these horrible monsters that they just didn't get what was going on, and you know to a point again there was a draft. I'll give a little bit of credit, but. That shit isn't going on anymore. We do not have a draft army. It's a completely volunteer army at this point. And, yes. And there's a point, I feel like, you know, after after September 11th, there was a lot of craziness and a lot of, like, a lot of people joined up the military. Weird nationalistic, you know, crazy terms. And those people all even give a little bit of a pass. Mm-hmm. But it's 2014 now. Yeah. It's been some time. <clears throat> there's yeah, no I- excuse. Like, no... The, the public in general is not behind these wars that we're in. I, I don't think we have to keep supporting the troops. No, I, I one of the first thoughts I wrote down was this kind of idea that, you know, the phrase war is hell, and war has always been considered 
hell. Mm-hmm. But the hell of today shouldn't, it doesn't have to be the same as that, you know, that men and women faced in Vietnam. We should be better educating people to understand that joining up is a mistake. Yeah. That we, we should, as a country, if you need money, if you need support for college, if you are joining up for any similar sort of reason, mm-hmm. our country is not doing a good enough job in giving you options because yeah. at this point, you shouldn't have to lay down your life in pursuit of a college education, for God's sake. Yeah. Or some support that you can give back to your family. That is not a system we can yeah. in any way consider whole. It's it's broken. Yeah, and it, like I just feel like, especially with our current uh, mil- military shenanigans, like the things that we're doing, like Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, you just look at that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Clearly, what's going on should not be happening. It's it shouldn't be happening. No one, the people. The public generally is against these wars. They're unnecessary. Um, Iraq, completely unfounded, like, based on lies. No one is in support of these wars in reality. No. But we we aren't saying, hey, what are you people doing joining the military? And, I, you know, you're desperate and you, you want to go to college and you need money to support your family. Listen, you know, we don't, we... I don't. We don't make an excuse like, well, you know, yeah, these people ended up in in street gangs because uh, they desperately needed protection. They they uh, you know they they needed they needed uh, they needed a way to to get out of the they're in the streets. They, you know, it's tough, so they join a gang for protection. For, we don't accept that as a society. Yeah, we see that. We see that as you know a tragedy. Yeah, but that someone would need to do that and. It's not, we don't want, you know, you don't get a pass. Like, oh, listen, I didn't want to join. And I'm really, I'm using the most over-the-top conservative nightmare that I can imagine. Uh, Sure. uh, Gangbangers in the hood. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because it's comparable. I mean, mean, you started the the conversation here during this recording, and I I didn't even have this thought coming in, but... (laughs) One of my one of my initial comparisons was, you know, you kept saying, "Oh, I, I don't." Uh, you've heard people say, I, sh- uh, I should note that, uh, you know, I don't blame the soldiers. Essentially, they are just taking orders. Mm-hmm. And what we need to be able to do is make a very basic. It's a big comparison, but it's appropriate. If you're going to make that distinction, you have to start questioning what commands are considered good. And what commands are considered bad? Because it's an easy trip I can take you down to Nazi land. <laughs> yep. I mean, you can't apply. You're not going to apply that to yeah. them, right? Yeah. You're not going to. You're not going to pat a soldier on the back with a Nazi symbol on his arm and say, "Hey, look, I don't blame you. I don't blame the actions you took. You took innocent lives." Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I think we all understand that many innocent lives are lost in these conflicts, and the military on a large scale, isn't even concerned with that. They don't bat an eye. And you can't, you cannot just give a pass. The other big comparison I have is cops. Mm-hmm. So there is a pretty across-the-board understanding that the cop in American society is not necessarily a saint-like respected figure. Right. The cop doesn't command the respect that a soldier commands right. for whatever reason. Because we know that cops are fallible. We know that they are individuals. They may wear a uniform, but many times they are motivated by prejudice and fear and anger and hatred, and they make horrific mistakes, and they make horrific decisions. Mm-hmm. 
We we look at a cop, and th- there are so many terms for the cop that are negative. Right. You know, like, oh, pigs, the fuzz, they're on their way. Cops have a reputation. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why does the soldier back home where we are, why do we not have and I would a more s- realistic understanding yeah, of I, I would even give the cop way more credit, because I feel it's a much more difficult, uh, you know, a difficult road to navigate. Mm-hmm. Because the soldiers, it's, a, it's such a othering. It's such a them versus us. Uh, mm-hmm. A police officer has a whole has is always it's always going into unknown situations with other people that are on the same civilian footing as you. You would assume. Yeah, I I think the reason I asked about the context of these conversations you overheard, I'm just always curious about how other people, different ages, different backgrounds, and I'm sure class has a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, just how much money you're raking in. Sure. But the, the understanding of how. You fit into an overall atmosphere of people, like how how you relate to other people and how your actions have effects on others. Mm-hmm. I I think in twenty years, this conversation that we're having right now is going to seem quaint because I feel like I, it's safe to say we're in the we're in the very very beginning of moving away totally from a human element. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think the government does understand there even if people aren't doing anything about it, even if people aren't you know demanding change in a way that would actually threaten their power, mm-hmm. the government understands that people are not in favor of human lives being lost, correct, and so we're moving towards you know drone attacks, and in the process uh, i have known I have no hard figures to back this up, and i I apologize for being unresearched. But I think the more we move into that, it's going to become even more bizarrely nonspecific. I think more innocent lives are going to be lost. More odd, bizarre, ill-informed decisions are going to be made up top mm-hmm. because people are going to be even further removed from war. Yeah. It's going to take on this weird sanitary uh, sensibility. And people back home, wh- will we even be talking about the soldier the same way? You know, if, mm-hmm. if at a certain point drones are the given. Right. And we don't even have to worry about Joe and Jane going off in a plane or on a boat. Then, I don't know, it's going to become even stranger to talk about the military. <laughs> it's old-fashioned now, right. but the future, I think, is going to be like this cold, uh, uh, clinical, we'll know even less about what's going on. Uh, That's even scary. I, I just, I, I'm just proposing that uh, we go back to some of that, uh, you know, Vietnam mentality... Of, uh, if people sign up to be state-sponsored murderers, we should think of them as state-sponsored murderers, and not... I, I, I don't... I don't see a need to feel sympathy. Like, people talk about, oh, it's so terrible, you know, when the, these government... The, you know, our, our current veterans, like, they're getting their benefits cut and things. And yeah, it sucks that the government is screwing them out of the things they promised them. Agreed. But I don't feel mm-hmm. too bad. I just can't feel sympathy for people that have made the decision to do this with their lives. I don't think it's appropriate. I think it is hugely immoral to choose to join the military in this day and age. Yes, I think at the end of the day, we if if they had more options and if they were just... I don't think most people even understand when they're going over there what it's really going to mean mm-hmm. when you have the gun in your hand and you're making these split-second decisions that could result in someone who is completely innocent dying yeah. at your hands. And, you know, they have to live with that and some people live with it so easily. Yeah. That's what's disturbing. You know, some people will come back and they'll have post-traumatic stress. They will have long-standing psychological issues. But some people go over there and they're ready to go. And they come back and they never batted an eye once. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I mean, I agree with you. We don't need to be awaiting them as they come back and, like, spitting at their heels. But we, I, what I wrote down is uh, – I think I wrote this out as a text message. What I'm personally tired of, a good example of showing this bizarre undue respect, every time I see someone in, like, an Air Force uniform, that sort of, like, classic mm-hmm. full hedge-toe camo, at the airport, on the train, other locations, they always, I always at least see one person shake their hand, give them a salute – a great job. Thank you so much. Ugh. You don't know their story. Fuck that shit. You're a state-sponsored murderer. I, there's no what? excuse. Not now. There's no one that's entering the military now. There's no one that's entered, uh, you know, post the Iraq fiasco that mm-hmm. gets any credit. And it's it's 2014. Uh, September 11th was in 2001. It's been long enough. I the, No one... No, no, you can't. You're not fighting for us. No, and you should you have know to it. understand that first and, if, and foremost. And I'm sorry if you're if you're not fighting. There's and also you know you people say well you know a lot of people yeah they don't know what they're getting into you know they're they're dumb kids and they thought they were doing something good. I too fucking bad. If you're old you enough to, to join the military, if you're old enough to make that decision, you got to put the time in and do the research. I don't care. Oh well, you know they were just kids. They were 18. They straight out of high school. They joined the military. Too fucking bad. Yeah, I mean. You have to and, and think about I, it's so insane that you would just reach out your hand. You wouldn't do that for a cop. No, you wouldn't do that for anyone else in a uniform. What we we think of judges, we think of we think of anyone in a position of power with an ability to uh, dole out justice, this vague justice. We don't trust all of these other figures, cops, judges, politicians in general. Right. I think it's safe to say that most people have a, uh, a <laughs> we we don't trust politicians. That's the baseline <laughs> convention of being a politician. We don't trust you. When you reach out and you grab that person's hand, you don't you don't know what the fuck they did. No. What do you assume they did? Yeah. I, I, they pulled a baby out of a raging fire. They, they, they killed vague terrorists that sort of, they, they sort of exemplify this evil that you concoct in your brain. Oh, but they're so they brave. They prevented they're a so train brave. from blowing up. They're putting their lives on the line. They're so brave. I don't care that they're brave. Anybody can be brave. You can be a complete fucking idiot and be the bravest person on the planet. I don't give a fuck. You've no. made a life decision where you're part of an organization that is killing innocent civilians for seemingly no reason. No. Don't care. And there are so many people within this military-industrial complex that have volunteered, that will volunteer, that have died, that will come back. There are so Look at how many people go into this. It's not special. Yeah. Bravery, which is as broadly defined as good and evil, mm-hmm. and is now if you want to talk about a word that's basically meaningless, we can put good, evil, and brave on that mm. list because I don't know what they mean anymore. Yeah. And if it was if it was the you know if it was the Green Lantern Corps for God's sake, and there were ten people from our country that like volunteered every year to like dive headfirst into a raging you know Hades like inferno then maybe you could start considering that a sacrifice. Yeah. If, if there were only 10 people that did it. But so many people are willing to do this that we, we have to stop seeing it as special. It's, yeah. It, I mean... And they're not doing it because solely out of their own heart, out of the goodness of their own hearts. Remember, these people, a lot of people don't have any other option. Yeah. It's not out of some sort of misplaced sense of valor. We're not living in a, a television series and if that it airs is, on Saturday mornings. If it is, I still do not give a fuck. Fuck these no. people. State spo- I, let's replace the word soldier and troop with state-sponsored murderer. Because that's, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're saying go and kill. Yeah. 
We're saying go and kill in our names. We're fine with it. Even if we learn that innocent lives were lost at your hands, we will be fine with it. I think a problem lies in the fact that, you know, if you go through all of history, we're still so much in the shadow of World War II because World War II built this country. I mean, it it put us economically, you know, on the trajectory we're at of being a superpower. Uh, it lifted us out of the Depression. Uh, so much is about World War II is, you know, part of America. And it's also the the strangest, most closest to a black and white war that's ever happened in the history of the world. Sure. Like, Nazis are just bad. <laughs> like, it's a terrible ideology. It's based on, there's prejudice with the Holocaust. There's, I mean, mass genocide. Hitler trying to take over, you know, the world. The world? I mean, <laughs> it is a comic book cartoon version of a war. And it, you, I mean... So much was boiled down to good and bad, and you could kind of do it for that one war. But at no other time in history, look at World War One. It's so much more of a mess. Look at uh, everything: uh, the Revolution, like uh, American Revolution, the French Revolution, uh, everything that's ever happened. Go back to 1066. I go back to uh, Greece, Egypt. Like it's, it's all a mess. World mm-hmm. War Two is still in the cultural mindset. It's so much a part of this country and what made this country. It's we're so much in the shadow of it. We can still we're seeing this good and evil, and it's just that doesn't exist anywhere else at any other time in the history of the world. No, I mean World War II was the last clear example of the planet on basically our entire global society. It was on the brink of just being entirely dismantled. Mm-hmm. And you know we have I think we've been searching ever since then for some sort of corollary or comparison. Every conflict. I think there's some there are some people in certain rooms where they're just keeping their fingers crossed that it's going to be so cut and dry that they can get away with anything, but it never has. It was as you've. I mean, I'm just summing up what you've said. Mm-hmm. It, it hadn't been that clear before, and it hasn't been that clear since. Yeah. We tried to act like it was that clear after 9/11. We tried to rattle the sabers and make a really pretty picture of good and evil, and so many people swallowed it. Yeah. And I'm sick and I'm sick to death. I'm sick to fucking death. If I haven't brought this up on Ramjack before, I'm bringing it up now. So sick to fucking death of this stupid liberal rhetoric, this this bullshit that people in their 20s, my friends say on a regular basis, don't say to me that those people are dying out. Don't you uh-huh. dare say to me that the people whose beliefs you disagree with that currently sit in Washington, these old white men that you despise so much, don't you in any way try to trick me into thinking that they are a dying race, Mm -mm. that they are a species that's on the way out, they're endangered, they're going to be in the tar pits. Fuck you. Who the fuck do you think these people are raising? You think these people aren't at least, at least, they may be racist, they may be homophobic and sexist and stupid as fuck, but you're going to sit there and tell me that they're not smart enough to create a fucking legacy in the form of another group of people? No. Who are younger than they are and have more fucking capital and can move faster than they ever did. Absolutely. Give me a fucking break. It's, They're going to continue this narrative into the fucking stratosphere. Uh, here, here's a, a very appropriate for this podcast uh, corollary to that. Uh, during the Enlightenment, you know, one of the greatest periods of growth and ideas and scientific education, you know, that the world has known, uh, at mm-hmm. least the Western world, there. You know, religion was really on the outs, and there came this thought that 
there was this really condescending thought that, oh, well, yeah, a lot of people still believe in religion, but those people, they're just not educated us. They're, they, they need this, this religion. You know, it's, it helps them with their simple lives. They're not ready to understand the, you know, the actual, his, the actual science of the world and how things work. And because of that, that's where this cultural idea came from that, oh, we should just, we should not, you know, we shouldn't talk about uh, religion in, in polite society because, you know, those poor people that still believe in religions, they just, uh, they're just not ready yet. They're not bright enough. Fuck, it's the most condescending bullshit. And because of that, because we had that, because we had this idea that we shouldn't talk about, uh, oh, politics or religion in, in mixed company, you, because of that, because we've, we've, we've nailed, we've separated this discussion. We've made it impolite to discuss these things. Uh, religion was able to take a foothold, and mm. it's back stronger than ever. Yes, and I read all of these salon columns and Slate articles, these you know these editorials and these think pieces that sort of put forth this idea that you know people like this Bundy character who has come out of the fucking woodwork. <laughs> and is rattling his fucking saber, they act like he is just this lone wolf, psychotic figure that is emblematic of a dying out, like a star that's dying out. And, you know, we may be winning the battle in certain areas, but let me get something straight. The military-industrial complex, this country has no ability to say no to it. Absolutely. We don't know how to say no to certain elements of how this country operates. We certainly, we certainly as hell know how to say no to women. Mm-hmm. We still to this day know how to say no to uh, gay people, mm-hmm. and we cannot. But well, we cannot say no to the military, and we cannot say no to gun owners. And by, by and by saying no, what I mean is defunding, limiting their agency, limiting their autonomy, and limiting their options as to how they can walk around and affect. We we know how to do that with women. We know how to shackle them to the fucking ground mm-hmm. and tell them what to fucking do on a day-to-day basis, telling them not to curse in the middle of a goddamn Catholic high school Ugh. class, for fuck's sake. We know how to say no to that because we trick them into doing it. Definitely. But we'll never be able to know how to deny the military-industrial compact. God forbid we rein that in. Well, I, I also, like, you, you uh, go back to... The way you go back to the seven, people talk about you know Citizens United and and money in politics, but it goes back to it goes back to the late seventies. If you look at any numbers uh, in seventy six, when we decided that that money was equal to speech, when we decided that we could have corporations donating to political campaigns, that's when everything changed. It, oh, sure. late seventies. People talk about like oh it's gotten really bad in modern times. Yeah, it's gotten worse. But it all started late 70s when when we allowed corporations to have a voice in politics and allowed corporations that have, I mean it's impossible you know people with more money uh, businesses that generate more money they're always going to have a bit more of a say and that's just the way it is like that's I mean that's realistically you're, that's just the way it's going to be in any society in any culture in any setup but mm-hmm. What we did when we gave them the power they have now, now we have these corporations. Now the, the gun lobby, the gun manufacturer, that's owned by the gun manufacturers, they can get what they want because they have the money to get what they want. It's, it's cheap to buy a politician. Oh, yes. I'm sure it's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, that, that process has been so streamlined and oiled up that <laughs> I'm sure to go from A to Z is the easiest thing in the world. I, uh, it all comes down to this. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in talking about that idea of, you said during the Enlightenment there was this idea of, you know, religion is over there. Right. It's over there, and we understand that it's pitiable that these people still believe in it, but we're sort of kind of drawing a line and assuming that eventually people will cross it on, onto our team, right. onto our side. 
as, you know, the, the days become even more enlightened. <laughs> the sun will forever be as rosy as we see it now in the sky. And there are so many divides right now, just now, in, in current conversations. Mm-hmm. There's this idea of, of course, of course we have the ongoing, ever, never-ending debate over church and state, mm-hmm. separa- separation of church and state. But then we bring it into, like, the conversations in the, just the individual rooms of everyday people. Right. And there's this idea of, I, I don't think we should think it's the same thing. You know, separation of church and state is this, it's a, it's a government versus religion situation, and we need to draw those lines. But in, in, the, in the rooms, mm-hmm. you, cannot, you cannot hide behind this need to be polite. No. Don't, don't, it's again, it comes down to don't silence yourself. Don't silence yourself. No. I mean, it, if it's going to create a conflict, maybe there needs to be a conflict. Yeah. You don't need to spit at the person. You don't need to punch them in the face. But for God's sake, don't stop yourself from saying something in a room that's being filled with ignorant rhetoric. If people are talking about soldiers in a way that's holistic or saint-like, just come on. Toss it out there. What's it going to hurt? Exactly. Are you kidding me? It's, like you're going to be ostracized? I mean... Give me a break. I, I, you know, I am... I think it's very clear that I am very upfront with what I feel and what I think. I think that's. Good. I think that's very clear. I don't. I don't hold these things back. We're bordering on 200 episodes of this. <laughs> exactly. Um, the evidence is out there. But you know what? I'm. I'm honest, and I'm not condes. I'm not condescending to the point of thinking I should humor you. Mm-hmm. I think when people say, "Oh yeah, well you know, the, some people just need religion," you know, even you know if we don't necessarily think I, that is so condescending. You're saying it that someone's right. not smart enough to be able to be able to 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 think as good as we do. Fuck that. Or that they'll fall apart at their joints if you even bring up an alternative. Yeah. That they'll somehow be they'll be shot out into space and they won't know how to fucking deal with their reality anymore. Yeah. If you want to have a conversation and God forbid a debate, oh God forbid. Oh, the room can't handle it. We're having our cheesecake. Why? Why just get over it. And it's just it's, it, it, it people take it so personally. I don't understand. They like, really do. It's like, listen, we don't have to agree. Yeah. It it's not required that we agree. I stand by that men should not wear shorts. Uh, many of my mm. closest most of my closest friends hugely disagree with this. We can argue about it forever. I it doesn't affect I mean, I do judge you a little bit as a person, but not overall. Like, I don't, I'm not, what, what do you think is going to happen? Well, and also, the question is, th- ask yourself this very simple yes or no question. Are you a college student? Then guess what? If you're not a college student, if your answer is no to that question, and you're, you're afraid to speak out because you think someone might freak out on you, or yell at you, or turn away from you and make people turn away from you in turn, give me a break. Only moronic college students freak out like that. You need to be able to trust the fact that you're a goddamn grown-up living in the world. There doesn't have to be this concern over an explosion in the room. Mm-hmm. If if your friend or associate explodes in the presence of disagreement or dissent, you do not... That's a toxic person, and you need to have them removed from your life. <laughs> Figure it out. I also had this... There's that cliche of... What is it? Love the sinner, hate the sin? Ugh. I think that's how we operate with soldiers, and it's how we've been using... I think we've been using that 
in regards to soldiers mm-hmm. for a long time now. Yeah. This idea that, you know, oh, what they did, yes, bloody, violent, dirty. They had to get their hands dirty. But at the end of the day, you bring them home, you give them a shower, and you pat them on the back, and you maybe forget to give them insurance. <laughs> It's like, what is it? Hate the sinner, hate hate the sin, love the sinner. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah, yeah. But then the the, the third part is, and forget that the sinner maybe, oh, did the sinner lose his, ah, he lost his arm. But, you know, (laughs) let's move on, shall we? I uh, I also wrote down this idea that I, I initially had this thought of, you know, if you're the kind of person who feels they're genuinely operating from this place of, I want to help. I want to, I want to be in service of something bigger, greater, that helps people. I, I initially thought, well, why don't you join, if you have to be in the military, join like the Peace Corps. But then I immediately realized that that's a mistake. <laughs> because you're still in service of this enormous complex. Right. This, this industry. So here's an idea. Just be in service of the country that you claim to want to fight for. Stay in the country or go to another country yeah. that needs even more help. Yeah. Actually, like, provide food, provide services, provide education. That's what's going to make the world a better place. Not you and this weird, uh, uh, this weird fraternity of men and women just trying to hunt down individuals in houses. This, it's not doing what you think it's no, doing. It's not. And I, and again, I, I just think culturally we need to stop seeing. We we need to stop pretending that there's dignity in what's going on and what these people are doing. I I don't care why they've decided to do it. I don't care what their circumstances that's forced them to join the military. I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. It's, you know, you've made a bad decision. We don't give people passes just because they've got, they've had bad circumstances in anywhere else in the world. We're we're a culture that's obsessed with punishing criminals. You know, we're not that far from Les Mis. Steal a loaf of bread, ah, put him in jail. Yeah. (laughs) Good God. Kill a terrorist, give him a medal. I don't think recruiters should be able to say anything other than, look, (laughs) here, I am on this high school campus. I am here to recruit children. Children. Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's make that very clear. I don't care if you could smoke a cigarette and... Go to a voting booth. I don't care what you could do. You're a child. The recruiter should be allowed to say this and only this. I am here to sign you up so that you can kill for me in my name. I get a commission so that you can kill in my name. Don't don't tell kids, hey, you're pretty good at that video game. Like, stop it. Stop going it. Stop going into arcades or what arcades? What is this? What is this? Terminator Two Judgment Day? What is it? John Connor? Hey, John Connor, you're pretty good at that video game. Just enough already with these kind of smarmy, charming tactics. Like fuck you. Mm-hmm. You just know that these recruiters are like, oh, I wish there was a draft. Uh, this job sucks because all these kids are too smart and wily for me. Uh, and you'll see. You'll see this meme go around every once in a while that we should have... Uh, everyone should have to put in a couple of years in the military. Ugh. No. No. No, we shouldn't. Uh, the draft was hugely wrong and immoral. Man alive. So, end of the day, maybe don't shake a soldier's hand just because he's on the train with you. No. You don't have to spit you in his face. You don't have to but spit you, in his face. But I think you should want to. <laughs> there should be a gland in your mouth. That starts to fun, and then you go no 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 no. I I, ma- hold, I perso- hold on saliva. Personally, I make uh, the decision that anybody anytime someone uh, brings us up military or soldiers, I just try to insert the word gross. 
<laughs> I think that's a start. That's a, that's a classic subtle swear on Brad's part. Gross. <laughs> Gross or... <laughs> That's the most subtle of swears. Just the simple. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's just stop, uh, you know, being culturally sensitive to soldiers. I mean, I'm sure there's some. I'm, I'm sure there's a lady that we could talk to who has a perspective on the military, uh, the, the the industrial complex mm. of war. Yeah, there probably is. Who could be said? <laughs> but uh, but yeah. we must move on to another round of the classic game created by one Alex Green. Brad, do you remember the game Giving Advice the Game? <laughs> oh, it's a great game. It's a great game. Here are the rules. I present Brad with a real situation that I found online, and he has to give advice. And by doing so, he wins. <laughs> There's no way to lose as long as Brad utters words <laughs> that are in relation to of, of which I speak. And now I take my oath of silence. No, Brad. <laughs> this is not good podcasting. Oh, no. Where's podcast? Quiet as a little mouse. <laughs> a little church mouse. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> Brad, all of these situations are from a website known as XO Jane. Okay. Now, XO Jane has a regular feature known as You Are the Advice Columnist. Oh, oh wow. They actually outsource advice to the commenters, which I would never do. <laughs> that's, I, that's such a lazy yet uh, brilliant uh, tactic. Yeah, it's it is brilliant. But I've never actually read the comments because you never read the comments. You just don't. You never dip into that pool. Yeah, XO Jane, I, I think is a really great site. I, I there have been many pieces that I found very compelling, and I, I loved reading them. But the this feature to me, yeah, you're right. It seems equal parts fun and lazy. <laughs> So here are, it hasn't actually been going for that long. Some are going to be pretty cut and dry, and some of them are a little more, bit more involved, I would think. So here's, here's a good one. Let's just start out with this one. Someone I work with is this gorgeous, striking, amazing lady, and the other day I noticed two long, black chin hairs she had when I was standing up close to her. Do I register a fake email account and send her a kind note telling her? Do I tell her in person and couch it in the fact that I've had the same thing happen to me? Or do I not tell her at all and expect that someone else will tell her eventually, or that she'll notice herself? We are not close at all, so I worry that it would be very inappropriate and hurtful. But I also don't want to be the kind of person who doesn't tell you when you have food in your teeth, if that makes sense. Brad? You are the advice columnist. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to have to... I'll, I'll elaborate, but I'm going to have to start off with an old classic, uh, Grow Up and Shut Up. Oh, that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you are assuming that this person does not own a mirror. and is not. Maybe it's a look. Maybe it's a look. I mean, you know what? I mean, granted, I yes, I think... I think uh, I think people should should groom themselves in a way that that is you know near societal norms. Sure. Um, but at the same time, hairs grow out of your body. It's a natural thing. Yeah. If you decide not to, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this person has decided, well, this woman's really attractive, and I'm really attracted to her. Uh, but there's this one thing about her I don't like. That's a natural uh, part of her body. Uh, well, too bad. <laughs> Well, okay, and what I, I think she's sort of semi-joking, but here's, here's what kills me. You think that an option here is creating a sort of deep throat email <laughs> account where, you, what, you send her messages like, Hey, everyone can see those chin airs. Get it together. But you, <laughs> Signed, anonymous. Because this assumes that there is, there's this weird assumption that she's not aware. 
she very well could be aware. I, it could be a look. Who, who does? I mean, we all have and use mirrors. How long are these long black chin hairs? How black are these long black chin hairs? I like to think they go down to her tummy. <laughs> she's, she's a beautiful woman, but she's got these two long hairs coming out of her chin. <laughs> like they go down to her navel. And I mean, if she's not aware, I, I why? Just, I, I mean, grow up and shut up, right? Just keep yeah. it to yourself. It's not. It's not that distracting. How close was she that she finally noticed it? Yeah. She didn't notice it until she was close to her? That's very strange. I, uh, goodness, let's move on. <laughs> Grow up and shut up. <laughs> here's, here's a really quick one. I've been with my girlfriend for 11 months, and I've been lying to her about my age. She thinks I'm 25, which is the same age she is, but I'm really 19. I recently asked her to marry me, and she said yes. I love and I know if I tell... I'm sorry, the, the grammar is bad, but it, it's meant to say, I love her, and I know if I tell her the truth, she'll leave me. Wait, wait, and wait. wait. How, how, old, how old are, are they again? I'm... This individual has said that he or she is 25. In reality, they are 19. Okay. Their girlfriend is actually 25. This person says, I know that she'll leave me, and I really don't want to lose her, but I know that she has to find out the truth eventually. Ooh. What do I do? Uh, if you know she'll leave you, uh, then That's a problem. That is a major problem. You are not meant to be together. <laughs> do not get married. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, not a small gap, either. Uh, no. How, how... You can't drink. Yeah. How'd you get around that? Just drink at home, you weird alcoholic? <laughs> You fucked up freak. I, yeah, you. I mean, it's at the same time. It's a huge jump, but I mean, life experience should should be more of a thing. I mean, she's twenty five and he's nineteen. If it if it is a guy, for uh, sometimes XO Jane is a primary. It's it's aimed primarily at at women. Okay. So when people write in, sometimes they specifically mention that they are men writing in. So in this, it could be a lesbian couple. For okay. some reason, that's kind of where my mind went, but okay. there is no evidence to say that. All right. Well, regardless, as, as long as is if the woman's older, and if if it's if I, I just feel like nineteen to twenty five is kind of a meaningless amount of it's it's a really it's not a big deal, except no. like personality wise, you think that they would be I, the person you are at nineteen. I feel is very different than the person you are at twenty five. But they've already... That that problem doesn't exist. They are in a relationship. Yeah, they found common ground. So I don't know what the real conflict would be. I think that this person understands... I mean, on some level, they at least fear that this lie is enough to destroy the relationship. Ugh. And my instinct is, if you're willing to lie about that, there has to be something else yeah. that they're keeping under the sheets. But at the same time, I feel that's a lie. I guess that... it. it, it it was a lie early, and it just—it mm -hmm. was never corrected. So they've just kind of navigated around it. Um, I—I I don't know. I, I don't know what I to tell this person. I just—I mean, you just got—it's kind tell. of dumb. So just get it out there. And if that destroys your relationship, well, fuck your relationship. You have a terrible relationship. A lot of these questions—it's so funny. The people are smart enough to understand that they're—they're they're basically fucked. And they don't want to do it, but they know they have to do it. And so they've come to XO Jane basically, I guess, looking for some sort of Hail Mary. Uh, but they're not going to get it. But I, I, I mean, yeah, you do need to... Don't lie about your age. Come on. You can't keep doing that. That's stupid. It, but it's also... I just feel it's so meaningless. 
It is me. Like, why would anyone care about like I? I mean, you know, this if person it's, freaks out. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, you know, if we're talking like an underage situation. Like, there's like real problems. But 19 to 25, who cares? Yeah, who cares? I've heard of actually bigger gaps than that. Yeah, I've heard about uh, a gay couple specifically in Cincinnati who one half of that of that pair said he was easily at least I think like 15 to 20 years younger than he was. Now that's that's a big leap. Wow. I mean, and they were together for a couple of years before that even popped up. Now, keep in mind, Brad, just between you and me, <laughs> nobody else listened. The same guy in that couple who lied about his age, he was also a uh, Christian singer who made lots of money by penning fake uh, faith songs. He was not a person of faith. He didn't believe in any of it. He just made bank by writing shitty pro-America, pro-Jesus songs. Do I know this person? You, I don't believe know this person, no, because I only know him through uh, my former friend, and I did community theater with him. Okay. You don't know these people. Okay. Just know that not only did this guy get rich from that, when he was a 15-year-old, he was in the mob. Good boy. And at 15, he straight up murdered someone. <sighs> in the name of the mob, and he told his partner this, and that guy told me, why would you tell me that? Question. <laughs> why would did- you tell me that story? <laughs> Uh, did you know about the mob murders before the age gap? <laughs> it, it begs the question, doesn't it? <laughs> Which one is the bigger secret? This is a fucked up relationship. Yeah, it's a, such a fucked up relationship. There's so much more. Those two need to write a book. <laughs> yeah. That is a book I would gladly buy because it's so fucked up. Uh, now, let's move on to the next uh, individual here. This is a lady talking about her boyfriend. I recently met... This is a little longer. I recently met a really nice man. He is nearly perfect. He volunteers as a youth mentor in a program similar to Big Brothers Big Sisters. He's always looking for ways to help people. He is involved in his career, but isn't a workaholic. He's one of the funniest people that I've ever met. It's like he's a saint who still likes a good dick joke. And then there is his dog. He rescued his dog a couple of years ago, and the dog definitely came from an abusive situation. He's scrappy and adorable, but he's a biter. I've been warned not to let my hands get too close to him, and if I see teeth, to move away. My guy has lost a fingernail to this dog's bite. This animal bites everyone. I can handle being in the same vicinity as the dog, and I know to keep my distance, but my boyfriend sleeps with him, which means I'm expected to sleep with him too. The dog has been known to bite a sleeping person who nudges him wrong or gets too far into his space. Last night, I couldn't sleep at all because I'm laying there terrified that I'm going to be hurt if I move wrong. Is there a way to bring this up without hurting anyone's feelings? I am fully aware that I'm the guest in this situation. I don't want to displace the dog, but I don't want to sleep there if he's going to be sharing the bed. Uh, I mean... Listen, I, This dog is dangerous. I'm a per- I, you, I'm, I'm, I'm dog obsessed. This is a fact. I, f- yep. I am at this point, I believe, following... Uh, five different uh, uh, miniature golden doodles on Instagram. Um, I thought you were going to say on Twitter. No, but I would. Uh, I'm rough. I am following. I, I am following two uh, uh, golden doodle uh, breeders on, on Twitter. Sure. Uh, I got to got to prepare. Um, this is Brad's most charming personality trait, and I've only <laughs> just recently learned this about you that I, I did not. In, I would have assumed you would not be a pet person, but a dog person. It's just the most charming thing in the world. <laughs> I'm straight up obsessed. It's a fact. But you can't have monster dogs. Like, it's, I mean, and this is, like, I I know people are like, oh, you you know, you should, if you're going to get a dog, you should, you know, get a rescue dog. You should, and that's great if you can do it. But sometimes Mm -hmm. there are these issues. 
And like, you can't have that. That's not, he lost a fingernail? You can't lose a fingernail. Well, and this guy seems perfectly fine with the dog's behavior. I mean, for God's sake, if your dog was abused, you need to take it to a specialist. And like, she. You need to be able to train this dog. She talks about this guy, oh, he's like, he's like, so, he's a saint. He's, oh, he's so great. Okay, so the guy's got like this, like, complex that he needs to, like, to, like, you know, uh, rescue and help. And uh, that could be good. That could be a sign of something terrible. Good point. I mean, yeah, she makes the point of him being in the Big Brother's Big Sister program. Yeah. It also, so clearly, that's a good point. Yeah. He sees this dog as another potential yeah. uh, like there's a, source of help. There is an issue. There is an issue there. And, like, oh, yeah. it, you know, m- maybe he's making up for something, or maybe he's just he's a guilty person. Uh, Christianity will do that to you. Um, mm. There, you, got, you can't, you can't, because a person that's that desperate to, to help... It, it, they're going to make terrible decisions. They're going to get they're going to get walked all over by people that you know will take advantage of people like that. That's there's a lot of personality problems that are beyond the dog. But let's just deal with the dog. Mm-hmm. You get you, like you can't have a dog like that. You just no. can't. You can't have wild animals. You just can't have wild animals that are dangerous. This dog has been abused and it's ready to bite. And you kind of think that this guy who owns the dog is just too naive to understand what's going on. I think that there is something troubling going on here because I don't, there's no way you can tell me that she hasn't shown her discomfort or her fear in the face of this dog. And he hasn't looked at her and gone, he's fine. Just be careful. Yeah. Just keep your hand. You know that. Just keep your hands away from him. Like, you know that there's an element of, well, I mean, come on. We all know the rules of this dog. If you don't get it, it's kind of, I mean, look at my fingernail. I didn't learn that lesson fast enough. It's not the dog's fault. It's your fault. Come on, sleep with this dangerous dog that I know will bite you. Yeah. If you move the wrong way. That's, it's, yeah, there is a greater You're fucked up, dude. Yeah, you can't, you can't expect other people to be cool with your crazy dog rules. No. And that's hugely disrespectful. Fuck this dude, fuck his dog. Yeah, he doesn't respect you and your safety. Yeah. He cares about the dog more. Break up with him. He's a saint who can, who can laugh at a good dick joke. Fuck you. Find someone better. Yeah. Also, dick on. jokes. What's what's Enough. what do you want to laugh at a dick joke? What's a good dick joke? Guess what? Oh. No, not, not a good thing. You're probably terrible as well. That's probably that's well. This is probably one of many examples of a lady being taught to sort of just be one of the boys. Like, don't assert yourself as a woman who has needs of her own. Like, as an individual, it's it's just all part of this bigger idea of ah, he likes a good dick joke. I just want to get along with everybody. I don't like the idea of a woman making waves because we all know what happens when that's done, right? Oh, please don't leave me or abandon me or punish me or feed me to your dog <laughs> or feed me to your dog bit by bit. <laughs> My partner of 11 months and I met during his last semester of law school and my first semester of graduate school. Doesn't matter. He is honest. That's not, they, there's always this setup that just doesn't matter. Uh. He is honest, warm, and even identifies as a womanist. Keeper. A womanist? A womanist? So, oh, he, so first of all, he's not cool with the term feminist. Mm. So fuck you. And apparently she's feminist. not either. Yeah. Just be a feminist or just say that if you don't like labels, just say that you believe in equal rights for men and women. <laughs> Yeah, but know. also, if you Who say you cares? don't like labels, you're also dumb, so fuck you're you. Enough, Come on, give me a break. In many ways, I am the happiest I have ever been, thanks to this companionship. Wait for it. Oh Wait for it. Nevertheless, there it is. The white elephant of our relationship has been my discomfort with his pornographic viewing habits and his past dating type. Get ready for this to be really confusing. All right. You're going to have to ask me at least once to reiterate some points here. 
I once accidentally stumbled upon his collection. Seriously, it was an accident. I was changing a song on his computer, and that tab happened to be open. Okay. It didn't bother me so much that my wonderfully supportive boyfriend secretly hoarded pornographic material. Rather, it was that none of the women looked like me. Since then, I've been a passive-aggressive, insecure mess, going as far as to hate-view pictures of him and exes on Facebook. You see, we're in an interracial, interfaith relationship. His first, my nth. Capital N-T-H. So apparently she's been in many. Something about that mental image of my guy currently and intimately satisfying himself thanks to the visual aid of women that bear no resemblance to me and his dating past echoing that hurts. There is definitely a racial component here. He's white, I'm not. I am constantly bombarded by images of what respectably effable women are supposed to look like. I now often feel unattractive and unwanted, despite him never really doing anything to warrant those feelings. Mm. This is all so embarrassing. Usually I'm very strong and outwardly confident. I don't know what to do. I... it... it would suck to lose him, but I also want to honor my feelings. Am I being unfair and irrational? How can I get past my interracial relationship insecurities? Uh, one, uh, grow up, shut up. Grow up, shut up. You know what the big question here is? Mm -hmm. That she doesn't answer. Well, She says, he's white, I'm not. What what's really hangs me up about this whole situation is you wrote in and told this very personal story about your relationship, mm -hmm. but you're not willing to actually say what your race is? Yeah. Why? Who knows? It's very confusing. I, so you're telling me that whatever race this woman is, he's never dated someone of your race, and his pornography is exclusively not including women of your race. All right, let's let's just let's let's say she's black. Okay. Let's just say that. Um, pornography, like, there's a lot of white girls in pornography. There's a lot of them. I, I don't, I don't know that it matters. Like, I don't see that it matters what he's looking at in pornography. It never matters what somebody, what pornography somebody's looking at. Well, I mean, it comes down to a lot of these questions, and this one too. Clearly, there's something wrong with the relationship yeah. beyond what you're writing about. I think the dog is not the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in this it's more of just like her own issues, mm -hmm. like uh, like being uncomfortable that yeah that, that you know this is his first interracial relationship. Is he okay with it? Are, it? are the people around him okay with it? You know, uh, but you're in the relationship. Like you can't be worried about that shit. And according to her, she, he has done nothing wrong. Right. She's. It's just her own insecurities uh, afraid that he likes something else more than her. Mm-hmm. To the point where she looks up old photos of him and ex-girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, and you, there's no way he hasn't noticed this change. Yeah, that's... It's... That's not healthy. And, like, I... Sure, like, society may, uh, make you feel... I mean, it's like that whole magazine thing. Oh, you know, it's only, you know, blonde white girls, you know, that are models and magazines and things. Well... Okay, that is the majority, but so what? Like, I, you, it's, it's basic, and I, you know, I, I get all the white privilege in the world to say, I, get over it, <laughs> but I, you know, you... I mean, that's an entirely separate topic, like the presence of non-white and, you know, just people of color in, you know, the discussion of beauty. Yeah. And that's an entirely different subject. This is just her... It's... You she's can't. pissed off because he's not jerking off to black women? I, yeah, you can't. Like, you just can't. That's not... It's not healthy. It's not good. It's no. not useful. It's not productive. 
she sounds like an inherently jealous person, I, I, I feel. I don't mean to paint too broadly, but, I, I mean, you're telling me that if you had accidentally come upon his porn, and it, it was women of your race, you're telling me that you would have been completely cool with it? That you wouldn't have walked away and not created a new jealousy problem in place of the one you have now? Of, oh, I'm jealous because those women he jerks off too don't look like me even more specifically but maybe they're maybe they're more thin than I am maybe they're uh, lighter skinned than I am right I think there's a complex here yeah that was going to be created somehow yeah yeah and I mean she was looking for a spark yeah and what if, and what if there are women that look like her but what if there's what if it's, it's still it's not the majority of the women in the pornography horde he has so, mm-hmm. I mean us uh, you can't like that's not Oh, so what? And it would be one thing if she had talked about how she didn't want to feel like the token. Like, you know, in his dating history, Mm -hmm. if she's a black woman, no one wants to be, uh, you know, trotted around and introduced as like, oh, this is my black girlfriend. You don't want to feel that way. right? But, you know, I don't necessarily think there's evidence of that here in the question. No. He's, I don't think he's treating her like that or like she's some sort of uh, token person in his life. Yeah. If he really is not doing anything wrong, you need to bring this up, and the topic does not need to be his pornography. It needs to be about what this is really about. Definitely. Um, maybe break up. A lot of these just come to maybe break, just break up. Just you can be single. It's fine. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's grow up and shut up. It's better to be it, grow up and shut grow up. And shut and up. It's better to be single. Just grow up and shut up. Yeah. Here's the deal. I've been talking to slash seeing this guy. Plot twist: We have the same last name. I've never met someone outside my family before with the same name, so I was a little weirded out at first. I've gotten to know him better. He's great. And I'm sure we're not related because, one, I know my big extended family gathers together for the holidays, and two, our families do not have the same origin point geographically. In fact, our last name happens to be a dime a dozen in the original country. And yet, every time he leans in, I have that nagging thought in the back of my head going, what if we really are kissing cousins? Ugh. Help a girl put these irrational fears to rest once and for all, please. I can't tell you how much it kills the mood whenever I think about it. And tell me what I should do. Uh, grow up and I shut mean, up. Are you, just grow up and shut What the hell are you like, talking I, about? I mean, honestly, unless you're closely related, it matters not at all. Like, if it turns out you are, like, somehow distantly related, it's not enough for that to actually be a problem. Brad, where do you draw the line in terms of the family tree? <laughs> <laughs> eighth cousin? Eighth removed cousin? I mean, like, again, well, I, again, you also have to, like, I mean, are you even thinking about, like, having children in the future? Because uh, at that point... No way. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, I, I look into it, I guess, but, like, you seem to already have, and you've... I, you know, beyond third cousins, like, there's not really a problem. It's icky the closer you get, obviously, but... Well, it this is this seems so. If it if you do t- find out you're tangentially related, it's it's so far it doesn't matter. I love that it's sticking in her craw again. This person seems to be using this as an excuse. Like when he leans in, and you go, "Ugh, maybe there's something more than the last name that's that's sticking in your craw." Yeah. I mean, you should want to kiss your boyfriend if he's this great. I mean, come on. Yeah. Break up. It's okay to be single. Definitely. <laughs> And the last one uh, here, this is pretty involved, um, and it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh boy. My husband and I recently moved to a new area, and even more recently had a daughter. We work from home, and don't really know anyone in our new city, so we were delighted to meet James, our across-the-street neighbor. He's smart, friendly, funny, pretty much who you'd wish to meet in a new place. 
He works for a bakery chain, and he brought us breads and pastries throughout the last few months of my pregnancy. We had many long talks in my backyard. My husband gave him tech support for his new computer, and he lent my husband his woodworking tools. Over the last year, we became pretty close. Wait for it. Oh boy. Then everything changed. We were watching the news, and they were doing a segment about the sex offender database in our state. Oh no. And how it now lets you find predators using your address rather than by name. We went to the site, entered our address, and lo and behold, James was the first result. He was convicted of the sexual battery of a minor under the age of 12. Our state defines sexual battery as damaging by a body part or any other object the sexual organs of a child. There is no wacky set of zany misunderstandings where one can explain away damaging a child's sexual organs. I was abused as a child, and I'm at a loss for what to do. We have a new daughter, and the fact that we felt so safe with this person that in an emergency we would have left her in his care freaks me right the fuck out. Was our trust really bought with free cinnamon rolls? Usually, in my circle of pretty amazing and intelligent long-distance friends, we can figure out pretty much anything, but my current situation has everyone at a loss. There is no Emily Post outlining the etiquette of ending a friendship with a pedophile. So now we have a close relationship with James. My husband has a bunch of his tools, and he's calling for more help with his computer. Things are getting awkward fast. There are 15 children on my block, some of whom have parents that do not supervise them for hours at a time, some of whom play in his yard. What do we do? How do we handle this? Do we move? Help. I mean... Oh, fuck. This guy is a fucking predator. You cannot trust him for a second. Ah. Ah. This is not Kevin Bacon in The Uh, Woodsman. (laughs) Yeah, this is bad. This is just bad. No one in the neighborhood knows. You're supposed to know. Yeah. Unless unless in their state there isn't a guideline dictating you have to go door-to-door saying that, which I guess there isn't unless he is a really fucked-up liar. Uh, Yeah, I... You know, I... That rule must not be in place. That's really bad. Um, I, I for, yeah, first you gotta check on that situation. Second of all, mm. I, I feel like, as terrifying as it is, I feel you gotta confront him that you know. I think, yeah. Because, I, I mean... It's as fair an option as any. Because if he knows that you know, then I, you know, then he's either going to try to explain himself, um, or just tuck tail and run. <laughs> Or are are bad news bears? It could get bad news Bernstein bears, and I mean, but the violent sexual battery of a minor. I mean, for God's sake! Yeah, that's there's something within this guy that's but the one beyond their you, understanding. You can't you can't ignore it. Obviously, no, you can't no, no, no. let him be in your life until you have an idea of what the fuck's going on. It's also irresponsible to keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that you need to create a crucible Salem witch trial right. situation here where you run him out on the rails. Um, I mean, I mean I, but come on. From, from the way it's defined, it doesn't sound like there's any kind of... And as she says, there's no wacky <laughs> mistake. But I, I still think you've got you to gotta hear what he's going to try to spin. Yeah. Uh, just on the off chance. Because it's going to be hard to justify cutting him off. Mm-hmm. Without saying, "Hey, I know that crazy shit." You got. I go, "Fuck!" This is that's the I, that is the worst situation. It's the worst. I what I think would be maybe reasonable, like starting out, taking some steps, look up the laws, see if he didn't adhere to them, mm-hmm. see if he was supposed to tell everyone. Then 
I would bring it to him. I would bring it to his doorstep and say, you know, we know this, but I wouldn't, I don't think they should go alone as just a pair, you know? I, I think they I, should I, go I, with people who are, uh, like, close and they feel safe around. Not like a gang-up situation, mm-hmm. not as an intimidating thing. I just don't think two people should just go. There needs to be a more a better presence there. I mean... To feel sa- He could be really fucked up. Yeah. I, I mean, do you go there? Do you invite him to your house to have this discussion? A public place? A no, public, not your house. Public place. Never, public never. place, definitely. But still, public place, how do you have this conversation in a public place? I mean, this is nothing but bad. No. But I, mean, you, I mean, you have it at a Starbucks, and then you know other people are hearing it. Yeah, I, I you, you have some pepper spray on you, definitely. Yeah. Just in case. Like, I mean, the odds of, like, this person being, like, a violent monster are probably very small. What about the odds of him just being a pedophile that has every intention of still acting on his impulses? Yeah. I want to know what's on that computer. I mean, when she said that he was working on his computer, I was like, um, um, what's on the computer? Yeah, yeah. Immediately, my question is, what do you not want to find on that computer? He's handing out, I don't know, just the whole element of <sighs> him giving out baked goods as a way of, like, ingratiating himself. They were going to leave their daughter with him. Yeah. I I mean, still, I think you, I, you can't rush to assume that he's still dangerous or that, I mean, I, I don't... It's such a fucked up thing, but you can you, clearly you can never trust him around your child. No, he's going to be that guy that if you had never seen that news program, he was going to be the classic cliche of he's the person so close to you, you never realized it was happening. Right. And like James, never. James, he could never. And I mean, he may never. He may never. But as a parent, you can't you take, take the, you just can't take the chance. <laughs> like, I mean, and I think you even say to him, listen, you know, even, you know, James, you've been nice. You've been great. No matter you know what you tell me, regardless, you understand I can't take the chance. No, you don't owe him anything. He is not going to be a part of your daughter's life. Yeah, um, and you're going to inevitably at some point there will be a cutoff. Yeah, in ten years, James is not still going to be a part of your life. Exactly, he's not going to be the friend that you saved somehow through friendship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if 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 this was like a thing you were new in the neighborhood, you didn't have kids, you weren't going to have kids. I would say you don't necessarily have to cut off ties with James. I probably would. Uh, yeah, you probably. I mean, most people probably would. But I say you don't have to because, again, he may be. He may not be a harm. There may be a mix-up. He, he may be reformed. Uh, I. I mean, I feel like you. You. Some. You know. Is, I, no matter what terrible thing he did, it's. It's not impossible that a person can reform. Well, he, but, he could be the most self-aware. He could be so self-aware of his mental illness. He could be so. Uh, repentant that it's he could be the most repentant son of a bitch in the world but I mean that you don't owe him anything. yeah you don't owe him anything and you can't take the chance no. you just can't so I yeah you but I think you do a rail with hash forks but come on you do have to let him know what's going on and that you're aware just in case I mean for safety of other people as well yeah oh yeah yeah if anything just think about everyone else please yeah those kids that play in his in the yard <sighs> out he can look through the window and see them. It just... I mean, Oof. my God. Oof. The fact that nobody else in the neighborhood knows is the most chilling element of that story. Uh, well, that... On that unsettling note... <laughs> has been another round of giving advice. The game! <laughs> uh, oh, There's, one last piece yes. of advice for those people. Do not mm-hmm. shut up. Do not... Oh, yes! Don't shut up! Sometimes don't, you don't, don't shut up. Don't shut up! But you're gonna have to grow up real fast. <laughs> you're gonna have to grow up real fast. Um... There is another one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bonus. Okay. Just real, real quick. 
So I've known a friend of mine for about 20 years now. Most of it long distance. We've known each other since high school. She's always had this edgy, I'll say what I want and fuck it if you can't take a joke type of personality. But usually we can talk things out and come to a common sense of decency. This time, though, it's gone too far. She messaged me with an invite describing the itinerary for her bachelorette party. And she's, quote, requested a black stripper to dance for her white bridal party to Beyonce tunes. Followed by watching, quote, trannies at a local drag club. My usual response would be calling her out on her racist and homophobic behavior. Should I use this as an educational moment or just bow out of the event? I think this... What do you think? First of all, like, why is this person your friend? Like, in the beginning, I was going to be like, oh, this person's going to be some weird prude. But, like, when you're talking about, uh, like, uh, first of all, trannies, ah... I, I don't know. I feel like there are some people that just aren't aware that you shouldn't say tranny. Yes. Um, I think I think this woman, is she sees herself as being very sassy, big, loud. Yeah. And she just threw it out there. Yeah. Is it homophobic? Is it transphobic? Uh, I think there's a little gray that we need to consider sure. here. Sure. Um, now, I, I'm a little confused on, like, uh, uh, she went to black stripper. I... I, I is I, I don't understand. Uh, she makes it seem to be a, a racial thing for her all white. Well, I don't. I don't see that that's necessarily racist. Yeah, the woman in the woman writing in declares it racist. I I don't. I know. First of first of it's, all, it's her bridal party. Yeah, like it, 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 in sexual attraction, racism doesn't doesn't play. No. Like if she wants a black stripper because she likes black strippers, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I, it, it could I, be a meant it. It's just a matter of I'm attracted to black men. I want a black stripper. If it's like He's some gonna dance to Beyonce songs. If it's some weird uh, like ah we're gonna have a, a a black guy dance for us uh, in some weird Paula Deen sort of manner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Then sure you can get to racism. But from what's reported here, I, I don't know that this is necessarily racist. No. She's looking for a way out of this friendship, is what she's. Doing. Yeah, just like drop your friend because your friend just seems kind of uh, crass and gross. Yeah, just kind of daffy and dumb. <laughs> yeah. And if, if most of this relationship, over 20 years, for God's sakes, has been long distance, you don't owe this person anything. Yeah. And just let her have her bridal party. He's not dancing to the Lion King soundtrack, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I, I, I love the fact that it's like, you wrote in for this? Come on. Yeah. All right, I just wanted to throw that in there because I didn't necessarily want to end on the simmering tension of a neighborhood on <laughs> yeah. the brink. Uh, we'll end with grow up, shut up. Grow up and shut up. <laughs> Great. Uh, Brad, oh, uh, Brad, Brad. Yes? Uh, our, our, lovely, our lovely lady Laura Wimsett is back. Oh, wonderful. This, I, my, my throat is sore from reading so much to you, but I do enjoy it. I, I, lo- I love a, a good, uh, good night story. Oh, I feel a, oh, a sudden wave of psychic energy. Oh, no. I'm in a hot spot. Oh, at this point, I, I could I, I feel I could talk to anyone of any age. Anyone, ah, uh, Brad, I, I would suggest you take this opportunity. I, could I? Oh, could I? Can I speak with B. Arthur? B. Arthur of of the Golden Girls fame. Uh, fame? Yes. Okay, uh, hold on. Uh, 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 here, here she comes. Huh. Oh, hello, B. It's so great to speak to you. It's me, B. Arthur. How are you uh, today? I'm I am well. Um. Now, you know, there's been uh, breaking news about uh, uh, Disney's gonna, you know, they're gonna drop a lot of the expanded universe of Star Wars, and people on the internet are very angry. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect the Star Wars holiday special? Ah, oh, yes. 
the Star Wars Holiday Special. I remember that song as if I sang it yesterday. How does it go? <laughs> so goodbye, old friends, my lovely canteen of friends. I hate to say goodbye, but goodbye, my friends, my Star Wars friends. Greedo shot first. Greedo shot first. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I am upset by this news. I just feel that a Blu-ray... What is a Blu-ray, anyway? Tell me what a Blu-ray is. Oh, uh, a Blu-ray, well, it's uh, it's basically the the, the DVD DVD of the modern age. Ah, I am familiar with the DVDs. They should just release it as a pristine edition. Brad, would you like some cheesecake? (gasps) Ethereal cheesecake from the realm of ghosts? Oh, wow, we really could have used that... uh during the last game we played to talk over some hard problems. Mm, Yes. If you ever need to talk about an abortion like I did on the set of Maud, then a slice of cheesy cake will do just the trick. Oh, wow. Would you like to make love to me? Oh, you know what? I think that's enough. I think that's enough, B. Uh, Thanks a lot for for your input. Uh, We really appreciate it. But I could stick around for so much longer. Uh, Thank you for being a friend, uh... But that's, that's plenty. Would you like me to sing a few bars of Bosom Buddies? I could have Angela Lansbury sing it with me. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, good luck. Oh, God. Ooh. How'd she sound? Oh, she sounded like, boy, uh, if your throat was hurting before, I think it's... Uh... It is. Oh, mm. I believe I shall take a sip of cool, refreshing water. <laughs> Feel free. Wait, sorry, this is water from the ghost realm. <laughs> That won't help. Brad, Laura Wimsett is back and better than ever. Oh, wonderful. Baby. (laughs) This headline, this is just, this is prime A, great B, Laura Wimsett. The headline is, beauty revealed in odd ways, go figure. (laughs) Truth found in unexpected, beauty found and revealed in odd, (laughs) wisdom mined from the mouth of a babe. (laughs) Love it. I've never knelt and washed the dusty, smelly feet of oblivious friends or insidious traitors. <laughs> Who has? <Why>? Who has? <laughs> Jesus? No, he didn't. Yes, he, he, he knelt and washed the dusty, smelly feet of oblivious friends. Oblivious? What's happening down there? <laughs> I won't look down. Ooh, is that water? Oh, uh, got a tickle on my foot. Is that a pair of mannish lady hands? <laughs> it must be Jesus. <laughs> An insidious traitor. Yeah, that's right, Jesus. Wash my feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's God now, Moses? <laughs> <laughs> I've never knelt and washed the dusty, smelly feet of oblivious friends or insidious traitors, but I did extend a sincere compliment to someone whom I really don't like. <laughs> Someone whom I had resented. She acknowledged it with perfect politeness, and we both moved forward. I believe it is safe to say feeling cleaner than any bowl of water could have made us. (laughs) All right. I didn't fast or even abstain from eating meat. Well, you're not really doing it right, are (laughs) you? You don't really need to be a Catholic then, do you? Oh, boy. Maybe you could put it away. Not even on Friday. 
<laughs> she didn't even give up meat on Fridays. <sighs> That's such a basic tenet. Didn't swear off sweets or soft drinks, mostly because I forgot all about it until Lent was halfway over. <laughs> Go figure. And although I'm usually big on the never-too-late theory, I lacked sufficient motivation, dedication, or inspiration to even try. <laughs> but I quietly picked up the check for a meal with a friend who is going through such a dark valley that any kindness, no matter how small, is a beacon of hope. And I left a nice tip for the waitress who is probably not working for the fun of it. <sighs> Ugh. There were no ashes, no lilies, no hymns. There was just me <laughs> taking a risk <laughs> to strengthen a tenuous relationship. Me, me, trying me. To... <laughs> and isn't that what it's all about at the end of the day? There was just me <laughs> taking a risk to strengthen a tenuous relationship, trying to find the balance between challenge and comfort, trying to be more, trying to do more, instead of just saying more. But the harder I tried, the more discouraged I became. I was trying to find the real Easter, and it only eluded me. Maybe, I thought sadly, I'm just another Pharisee. <sighs> you know enough to cite the Pharisees, but you don't know enough to put down the T-bone when it's midnight on a Friday. <laughs> you fucking maniac. I was sitting at a fast food joint. Here we go. <laughs> Classic Laura setup. <laughs> I found myself in a disgusting fast food joint. I don't know how. <laughs> I just sort of came out of a fugue-like state. <laughs> I was sitting at a fast food joint. You can't name it? Nope, not allowed. I don't want people to find me. They'll find me in my favorite fast food haunts. <laughs> I was sitting at a fast food joint early that Saturday morning, eating a second-choice breakfast because my favorite restaurant doesn't serve my first-choice breakfast anymore. Oh, Just fuck well, you. Just more proof that I am not in charge of the world. When a man and a woman sat down at the table next to mine and started to talk, well, he talked... She listened. The guy started out with a ridiculous rant about all kinds of stuff. From there, he veered into a blistering, blustering demonstration of bravado, getting louder and louder as he went along. It was almost fascinating to hear how many times he mentioned guns, fights, and various threats. I want to put down money on how high the odds are that this guy sitting next to her was black. She doesn't say it, but the more we go into this... There's a clear component here hmm. that leads me to think that. Okay. Her weird, polite Midwestern bullshit wouldn't allow her to leap, put this detail in the story. Mm-hmm. But let's just keep going. I don't, I don't know if this is my theory is going to be supported, but here we go. All right. People at nearby tables were discreetly getting up and moving toward the door. Were they? Um, no, because at first when you said mentioned guns and fights and things, I just imagined like a big redneck in camo. But now you give not people will just ignore them because they they're dumb. Yeah, but they don't move for rednecks. Yeah, easily frightened Owensboro residents who can't stand any sense of difference of even inherent conflict. You, I just think that's what's happening here. Mm -hmm. 
People at nearby tables were discreetly getting up and moving toward the door. It's just such a strange image, and I don't think it's I don't think it's it's supported by what was happening. Yeah. I, I think she saw people maybe getting maybe nervous, but people weren't like exiting the restaurant because of this guy. I just maybe yeah. I don't know. She, I yeah. <clears throat> if the, if it, if it happened at all, um, yeah. I, I'm not no. Well, she says, and frankly, I thought that was probably a pretty good idea. However, I was right in this guy's line of vision, so I hesitated to move. I didn't want to do anything that might attract his attention. Mm. Instead, I hunkered down behind my newspaper and hoped he didn't notice me. This guy is crazy, I thought to myself. Mm. She hunkered down? Is that what you thought? She hunkered down? She she hunkered behind her newspaper. And he may have been. Probably was. But as I listened, I began to hear something beyond the belligerence. This guy wasn't a nut. He wasn't a jerk. He wasn't a bully. He was afraid. Deeply, desperately afraid. And I wasn't afraid of him at all. I put my newspaper down and looked at him. I loved him. (laughs) I can't explain it, and believe me, I'm not taking any credit for it. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh, except in my newspaper column. Mm. But love just seemed to flow into me and through me and toward this man who was terrorizing people who just wanted a nice, quiet sausage biscuit. I love a quiet sausage biscuit. My favorite kind of sausage biscuit is a quiet one. Stupid. Stupid. As far as I know, he never saw me, except when you were staring at him. But gradually, the volume of his tirade decreased. His sputtering began to slow and finally stopped. He finished his breakfast, and he left. What about the woman? Yeah. How did she get lost in this? I absently shuffled through the rest of the newspaper, collected my wrappers on the tray, refilled my soft drink, your soft drink, Laura, you were eating breakfast, and walked outside. The sun had just risen fully over the horizon. What the fuck time was it? And why were you there? And birds were singing. It really was a beautiful morning, but it didn't compare to the beauty that had been revealed to me inside that fast food joint. The precious human soul, even in even one in torment, as it searches for peace. What? I... I... Uh, the be- and by the beauty, you mean Laura being okay with a black guy. <laughs> There was a scary black guy. He was yelling and making people uncomfortable, and I wasn't scared of him for once. I wasn't afraid of him. You know what? I think I loved him. You know what? I even, Did I, I feel kind of, pity for him? Yeah, I pity him a little bit. Yeah. He's afraid. He's just a coward. I mean, all this talk of guns and fights, I mean, just scra- scraping scraping for his very existence, and isn't that what we're all doing? Oh. I'm just like him. I'm so glad, Laura, that... You were able to pay the check quietly. Was it as quiet as your sausage biscuit? <laughs> you pill of a woman? <laughs> Stop using your column as a way to tell me that you're giving tips to waitresses who deserve tips anyway. Yeah. You're right, Laura. They're not working for the fun of it. They're working for tips. Not all of them work for the DCPS and the Messenger Inquirer. Ugh. Not all of them have warm socks that don't fall down around the ankles. <laughs> Not all of them can watch Back to Mayberry, the television film, with their friends. Ugh. Over a this nice sub sandwich. Over a nice sub sandwich and a dish of M&Ms that have been <laughs> thumbed over by at least ten Midwesterners. Lazily, slothfully. Ugh. Ugh. 
I mean, this is just a beautiful example of... I've never seen this... I, I doubt that I've seen this much smugness condensed into one column. It's, this, really, this is really is one for the books. Not since... I, I feel like it could be up there with Put the Angel Up the Roof. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I haven't typed this up for the Wikipedia yet, but it's on my to-do list. The one where she sends a Christmas present to her son in the military. Oh, yeah, that was a classic as well. That one was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Beth just not giving a fuck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Sending him fast food gift certificates, probably for the f- same fast food joint she loves so much. <sighs> What's her first choice breakfast? It's... And why doesn't it serve breakfast anymore? Yeah, it's... I mean... Because would you go to Taco Bell for a sausage biscuit? They don't serve those. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ay, Wow. Laura Wimsett, I told you that one would top the first. It really does. I'm somewhat speechless. I, I just, I, it's so, it, it's, the thing about Laura Wimsett that is fascinating is that she is so unaware Mm. of what she's putting out there. Like, what she's putting out is so insanely smug and ridiculous and so... A full of her, she's so full of herself, and she paints such a terrible picture of her family that is also, I I believe, very real. Like mm-hmm. she really captures how much her children don't like her, and for some reason she doesn't seem to be in on it. No, she's so unaware. I I don't I I volley back and forth between thinking that she is not aware of herself and knowing in my heart that she is absolutely 100% aware of herself and that she is using this column to rewrite history. I mean, she's she uses this I feel as a way to create her own narrative, a happier narrative. Sure. And I, there's no doubt that that is definitely but how much is she doing that how much is she doing that? fully aware that she's recreating the narrative or how much is it has already happened in her head and she is just interpreting it well let's dole out some examples i think she does see herself as the perfect grandmother mm-hmm. but i do think she understands that she is a nag and a crank when it comes to her kids and her kids don't really get along with her when they're spending time together yeah i think she understands that and she paints it so that she's the one in the right but she knows that there's an unhappiness there. She knows that her husband left her or that she left him. It didn't work. She also she, she also loves bearing the cross. Like she yeah. loves being the victim. She loves being the poor put upon. Uh, she's just old fashioned and, and she does it her way. And other people think she's dumb and kooky, but that's just but her who way. Cares. Or how about her estranged father on that side of the family, the one that she never spoke to for so many years? I have to assume. Yeah. She painted that as some sort of rosy homecoming when you know there has to be bad feelings there. I ju- I, she didn't reference a single one. I just want to talk to her children because they must read the column. They must. They're, There's no way they do They're don't. constantly featured in it. You have to be aware of what's this crazy bitch saying. Mm-hmm. You know at least one of them has said, hey, can you not? Can you just not? I, if, you, if the other kids are fine with the, you talking about them, fine. Mm-hmm. But just don't talk about us yeah. because it's weird. It's kind of strange to see that expressed. It's David Sedaris on the most <laughs> small-scale, low-stakes level. <laughs> Just, Mom, please. And this person, okay, so do you remember the column where she kept talking about the phrase adios? Yes. And how it meant go with God? I have to assume the person she complimented who hates her oh. is the same person she used to be friends with in the adios column, but that friendship dissolved. I want to know more about that. Like, write a column about that. Yeah. Why do you think the French... Like, come on. 
It's it's my it's my I hit this point home every time. You're, you're barely scratching the surface of your own humanity, and you know enough about yourself that you're searching for something. I don't think it's religion, Laura. Religion doesn't seem to have really a practical place for you in your life. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, you don't adhere to any of the tenets. Yeah. I think you're searching for connections in your day-to-day life that old Jizo's not going to be able to give you. Yeah, yeah. Don't alienate any more friends, Laura. You don't have that many. Ugh. Just don't do it. What a mess. Goodbye, Laura. <laughs> Farewell, Laura. Until next time, oh, Laura. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Excuse me. Yeah? Could I pay for the check? Let's keep this between us. All right. Oh, and also, this is for you. Uh, my tip? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. Is there anything else you'd like? Nope. Why are you still standing here? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> Get out of my restaurant. <laughs> but just so you know, that is for you. I, my friend's I going through a bit of a dark valley. I don't know what that means. <laughs> She's having a hard time. Well, you know. By the way, being what they are. I'm, I'm leaving you a copy of my book. Uh, I only have five of them left because I leave them at every restaurant I go to. And then I sweep in. <laughs> Bash both of them in the head so they don't remember. And when they wake up, that book is gone. G-O-N-N-E, gone. Oh, how does she not have copies of that fucking book? She has copies of that book. She's a liar. If 3,000 of them were printed... No, 1,000. Oh, just 1,000. 1,000 were printed. Three are in libraries... Uh, maybe maybe 30 went out to people she knows. And fuck you for telling me that they're at yard sales. You fuck you. Yeah. Who said that to you? I found my copy at a yard sale. Shut up. No, you didn't. Yeah, Lord, you've got a box of those somewhere. They weren't sold in stores. What stores would they have sold them in? Uh, they're just selling like in local places that sell local shit. You know, like Ugh. this is hey, this is from our this is from a local author. There's a place that has like eight copies like on a dusty shelf. Owensboro doesn't have any mom pop bookstores, but doesn't it have like a, like a yeah. like a restaurant or something or like a, a place where they have, have where they sell like knickknacks, like oh. like a Cracker Barrel or something like that. I do believe we have that. Cra- I mean, she referenced oh, yeah. sitting on the porch of a Cracker Barrel. Like I feel like Cracker Barrels usually have like local authors and like you know that kind of shit. My only hope at this point is to go to Owensboro, fucking myself, make a trip to that library and and photograph every page. I and by photograph I mean photocopy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be a psychopath that's like, click, turn, <laughs> click, turn. Uh, listen, I, you know, I'm, I've still got feelers out trying to, trying to work on it. Uh, if anybody else has any luck, please get on it. Think about the smugness of Laura Wimsett as a, new, as a newfound mother. Oh, oh God. Well, giving life to a child. Breastfeeding. You know there's a column about breastfeeding. Oh, boy. Anyway, goodbye, Laura. Farewell. Guys, thank you so much for listening to yet another sterling silver episode of the Ramjack Podcast. Brad, I'm sure our listeners want to get in touch with you, Alex, myself. How can they do that? There's so many ways, guys. You can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. What are your thoughts? Give, let us know. Have you found a, a crazy uh, question that you need answering? Uh, we'll tell you to grow up and shut up. Just do that. Brad is the advice columnist. <laughs> You can call us 206-339-5894. And I think we have a voicemail here. Mm, pray tell. Hey, guys, it's Terry. Uh, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of listening to the uh, latest episode. We're speaking of the Belvedere uh, Wesley camp counselor situation. 
Now, every time you guys would bring this up, or Jonathan would bring it up, I, I it kept it kept just ringing in my my ears and my head, and I could, I knew I knew this episode somewhere, but I thought it might have been something else. I might have infused it with the different strokes episode. And as you guys started talking about it, it just took a fireball from the sky. And I remembered everything that happened when I almost seen this whole episode. Uh, I remember it vividly when the counselor begins to do his doings with Wesley in the towel. My mother immediately freaked out, said this should not be on TV, I should not be watching this, and I do believe that is the reason I have not watched all of Mr. Bell, because uh, my mother found it to be inappropriate. A um, few years later, we find out that a relative of mine had, uh, had touched my brother many times inappropriately. And as I think back about this now, um, yeah, what the fuck, you know? It, it, I, I have a 12-year-old son, and his mother's extremely, extremely protective of him. And I, I, I like to give him a little leeway, but I also let him know, hey, if you don't know somebody, then you don't talk to them. Uh, the whole thing with mom and dad would never send somebody you don't know to come get you, so on and so forth. But, you know, when I was a kid, and just this simple episode of Mr. Belvedere that makes you go, hey, this is a possibility, be careful of people, you know. The, the message of, you know, if it doesn't, you don't feel right about it, then it's not a ticket to keep. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's something that it should know. And the fact that she got so bent out of shape about it just blows my mind. I, I remember her freaking out and yelling and screaming about how it is awful, inappropriate, that should not be watched. When, in fact, it, it was a very appropriate thing for me to see since I was mm, fairly close to Wesley's age back then. So, yeah, horror tales from Terry's life. Uh, enjoy, guys. Later. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> that is a... Uh, that's a perfect example of why I think we we do need some form of uh, we need to be able to address these topics in sources of entertainment for children that you know can be able to kind of kickstart yeah. those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's horrific. Um, but it really is. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm sorry that your family had to go through absolutely. that. Absolutely. But I mean, yeah, it's. You know, and uh, you know, there's there's no saying that you know if your mother hadn't been overprotective, and you know let let you guys watch Mr. Belvedere, that things would have been differently, obviously. But still, like I, certainly, it doesn't help matters, you know, no. to try to overprotect kids from information that could very well do them good. Yeah, because as that voicemail was playing, you know, we get to the point where she freaks out and she turns the TV off and says that it's inappropriate. And I thought that that was going to be sort of the story, mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be how it ended. And my reaction would have been, you know, it's it's just so strange that, you know, a parent wouldn't want to address that, that they would just have this base reaction to the act that's being depicted mm-hmm. and not uh, be able to better uh, create a context and just process it as an adult right. of what's really being said. But then, you know, the rest of the story gets told by uh, Terry. And, I mean, my question is... Do you think that she freaked out because maybe on some level she knew that something was wrong in her own family? Oh. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, she, she was scared because she saw something that struck too close to home that she was, that there was something oh. familiar there. And her instinct was to stamp it down so that no one would talk about oh. it. Oh. 
as if somehow that she had been so on her guard mm-hmm. to keep this out of the limelight, and suddenly this TV show, out of nowhere, yeah. was somehow going to make one of her other children start asking questions. Yeah, that's that's an upsetting thought. I don't really want to mm-hmm. speculate about uh, people that are oh, no. listening and their families. I don't mean to assume yeah. anything, but it's yeah, just, that, that, is, that was my reaction Yeah, that is an upsetting, you know... Yeah. God knows a lot of people don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. And a lot of people just keep that buried far beneath the ground. Yeah. Uh, in any case, I, uh, and I'm glad that his 12-year-old son is being told. I, I, I think it's so funny. Like, it seems so obvious, but I don't think a kid would necessarily understand the idea that it, you do have to say to your kid, I would never send just anyone to pick you up. Right. There's no way that a man or woman is going to get out of a car and say, hey, I'm here. I'm, like, here to pick you up. I'm the one that's in charge. Nope. Doesn't make any sense. You should be able to, from now on, understand that that's nonsense. Yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, you forget that as a kid, there's so many things that are strange and uh, scary that you just have to, like, deal with. Just being a kid in the world, like, learning how to deal with life, that, like, if somebody really wants to convince you of something, they got a hell of an upper hand. Mm-hmm. Well, and just the kind of the mystifying quality of just how adults act, why they react to certain things a certain way, mm-hmm. can like really throw a kid off because they have no reference for it, they have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So yeah, the more that God, I mean, talk it to death. I mean, just yeah. exhaust the topic. Don't leave any stone unturned when it comes to this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Good lord. Um, well, that was that was a very uh, that was a very strong voicemail. I feel definitely, definitely. Uh, you can also uh, reach the Ramjack family uh, through the Facebook group. I recently just posted a bit of uh, classic Who's Losing at Facebook Ooh. ephemera. Go on there if you want to hear uh, a maniac talking about how he feels racism uh, is potentially fine, I guess. And you can't trust outcries regarding racism look, look, coming for the mouth of a black person. <laughs> God almighty! When someone is, Why would you go online and say that? When someone is racist or not, it is not our job to judge them, only forgive them. Oh, it is not. I do not believe that's my job. I have not been getting my paychecks. Oh, someone is remiss yeah. in the fucking HR department, in the billing department. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, uh, you can also uh, you can discover a wealth of knowledge regarding the podcast on the Ramjack Wikipedia. Uh, the main website for the podcast is ramjackpodcast.com, Correct, Brad? It is indeed. Uh, there's a link there to the wiki. Uh, I'm starting working. To, I'm working to uh, fill in some of the older information. I'm listening to a couple of new epi- a couple of the older episodes when I get a chance. Uh, just trying to. Fill I'm it working up. to. I'm working to transcribe columns that have been read on the podcast, but have as since. Uh, not been made available online. Uh, my 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 curse is that I had the like certain columns that I didn't read, and they I, they've been thrown away since. Like the tornado column, I would love to still have that, mm-hmm. just to type that up because her history with tornadoes is it's hilarious. But I am going to type up that one regarding the the ill fated military Christmas package. <laughs> Wonderful. Also, uh, we're on Twitter at Ramjack Podcast. Oh, I am also available. On Twitter, my handle is John Pernisek, that's J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K, and be on the lookout, we are still recording episodes, uh, we're kind of stockpiling them for an official release, but my podcast with my friend Brandon Chockney, How Rude, the Full House podcast, we're going to be deconstructing 
all 192 episodes. So be on the lookout for that. I am excited. Uh, you realize uh, we're about to start the fifth season of Mr. Belvedere, which uh, was part of the uh, the first uh, season of TGIF. Really? With Full House and Perfect Strangers. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I thought that TGIF would have been just right beyond that. <laughs> The fifth season of Belvedere was on TGIF, and then I think the sixth season was uh, moved back to Wednesdays or something. But yeah, the original TGIF lineup was uh, Belvedere, Perfect Strangers, Full House, and just the ten of us. Doing it the best I can. So if uh, somebody uh, wants to get on the just the ten of us, we'll have a little uh, TGIF network. Well, and if you want to pull your own Alfia, we we I tinkered with the idea of proposing this to you, Brad, and I showed you the episode. But, man, I found a sitcom from the late 80s called Out of This World, I believe it is. Yeah. It's about a woman who had sex with an alien who's not on Earth anymore, and her daughter is half alien and thus has magic powers. Oh, boy. She can freeze time like uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell, and Burt Reynolds is the voice of the alien dad who speaks from a crystal. <sighs> it's pretty bad. Oh, it was, it was a straight-up nightmare. She has a gay uncle. Pretty sure that uncle's <laughs> I, gay, right? I, he's something. He is something. He walks into every scene and he's like, oh, he's basically one step removed from Paul Lynn. <laughs> Just like, hey, what's going on? Ew. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. Oh, Brad, before we leave, any other women that you'd like to talk to? Um, no. No. Not a single ah, one, Brad. Not a single one, you know? Uh, come, do you want to talk to Angie Harmon again? Ah, uh, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, uh, uh, come on. Uh, ah, uh, Someone's been taking workshops with Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would like to end this episode, John. Oh, oh boy. Oh, how do I get out of this? Oh. Make no mistake, we haven't heard from Adrian in a while, but he is going to teach you and Alex a little bit about improv. I can't wait. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a lot of laughs today, and we're going to walk away from this episode wanting to do better, be better. We're going to grow up and shut up, but not in all instances. Sometimes we're going to talk, but remember, at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try... You're just, just a <laughs> Oh, you tell me that there's danger to this land you call your own And you watch them build the war machines right beside your home And you tell me that you're ready to go marching to the war Oh, I know you're set for fighting but what are you fighting for? Before you pack your rifle and sail across the sea Just think upon the southern part of land that you call free Oh, there's many kinds of slavery and we found many more Yes, I know you're set for fighting But what are you fighting for? And before you walk out on your job and answer to the call just think about the millions who have no job at all. And the men who wait for handouts with their eyes upon the floor. I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Turn on your TV, turn it on so loud. And watch the fool is smiling there and tell me that you're proud. And listen to your radio, the noise it starts to pour Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for?
Read your morning papers, read every single line And tell me if you can believe that simple world you find Read every slanted word till your eyes are getting sore I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Unlisten to your leaders, the ones that won the race As they stand right there before you and lie into your face If you ever tried to buy them, you know what they stand for I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Put a ragged clothes upon your back and sleep upon the ground And tell police about your rights as they drag you down And ask them as they lead you to some deserted door Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? But the hardest thing I'll ask you, if you will only try Is take your children by their hands and look into their eyes And there you'll see the answer you should have seen before If you'll win the wars at home, there'll be no fighting anymore